here it comes again, lunch. Will it be the same old, same old? Or are you ready to take a vacation from the ordinary with the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub at Firehouse Subs? Freshly sliced smoked turkey breast, craveably sweet mustard sauce, and a hint of Caribbean seasoning. Just $5.55 for a medium. Save time. Order the new Jamaican Jerk Turkey Sub on the Firehouse Subs app. Firehouse Subs. Enjoy more subs. Save more lives. Participating locations, limited time only, plus tax. Prices may vary for delivery. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. alongside as always joe lanza joe how are you it's a good one rich that was my that was my lame that's bit a good to one say i called i that was my lame bit to say i called joe gagney instead of joe lanza and that i you know mistakenly called joe gagney and i guess i'm stuck with him now for the next two hours i'll be joe lanza and get an epic <laughs> who the hell Greg are you Lance. wait hold on wait hold on who the hell am i call who's this kevin who's Gregg this? was dfa'd rich this is the best <laughs> week of my life now we just gotta get burke braden hop out of here and then the reds will finally be on to something Mr. Joe Gagney, do you have a Joe Lanza impression to kind of get this thing? Uh... I'm sure if I get fired up, then uh, I'll get into it. But I'm <laughs> okay, glad to meet good. the well, Joe quota for the show. So that's good. Absolutely. So, yes, in case you didn't know from the top, we're uh, joined. Joe Lanza will not be here tonight, but it's myself, Rich Krejci, alongside Rob McCarron, who's obviously a member of the Voice of Wrestling family, does the Shake Them Ropes podcast, the host of that. Also, your resident NXT reviewer and sometimes resident main event reviewer. Monthly? Are you at monthly now with the main event? Or Monthly for main events. The best of. I have to do that this week. So I, it's going to be very, very well <laughs> hidden by the Ring of Honor shows <laughs> and uh, all the, you know, the Voices of Wrestling podcast and everything else that's going on. Uh, but yeah, main event. But they're very important. Event, they're vital. Yeah, and sometimes the occasional off-the-wall New Japan house show that even oh, Brian Rose oh, right. yes. doesn't want to review. <laughs> Usually the one camera dark, like the one that was done on the moon or whatever, is, is the ones you'll do. So, And of course, we're jo- joined by a very special guest, the man who you can thank for all the timestamps on our ridiculous four-hour podcast that help you get through them and to skip all the Dragon Gate talk and all the other crap you don't care about. Also the co-host of uh, not the co-host, co-host. The host, all by himself. No, I was going to say co- all by yourself with the Joe Gagney Funtime Arcade. I know that that's that's the one time every time I, I 
I have non-wrestling fan friends that still to this day go, have you ever seen that video of that guy? And I'm like, yeah, I, I know that. I, I say I talk to him all the time. That's my buddy. That's my guy. You know, oh, Mr. Joe Gagney. Yeah. It's just so I could, you know, get, get, get over in front of my friends. It's Mr. Joe Gagney. He also does the Wrestling Podmass uh, column every single Friday here at the website, too, to help you get through all those arduous, arduous wrestling podcasts, and including telling you uh, what race car driver Bill Goldberg is interviewing <laughs> this week. So it's very, very helpful to know if I should really skip it or just kind of maybe think about skipping it. I thought that show was going to go away because he didn't do one for two weeks and then nope. <laughs> talking to some guy driving cars or kickboxer or something. Oh, the worst is, yeah, the new kickboxing, the glory. Oh, he like, loves re- re- kickboxing. God, nobody, and nobody else. Did you, did you hear that, uh, his, his interview on uh, the F4W? Yes. That was, yeah, that was not good. <laughs> like, I don't know why he likes kickboxing. He couldn't even explain why he did. Like, it was just the worst thing ever. Another, but anyway... Yeah, well, anyway, we got a two-man bunch here. We're going to talk a lot of good stuff here. Rob's going to join us for the first hour or so to talk a lot of WWE stuff. And then Joe and I are going to do the last half, talk uh, Dragon Gate and some other stuff in Japan. Maybe some video games, odds and ends, random stuff that we do. Uh, But anyway, let's get to the WWE portion of this real quick. Um, I think we'll start off with the top. I I, I think WWE Payback, which... Uh, you know, coming up this Sunday, uh, the major pay-per-view or special event or whatever, f- still free. Uh, this is another free month on the WWE Network. Uh, before we kind of break down the card, initially, I'll start with Joe maybe. W- what are your thoughts on Payback, how the build's been? I mean, we started Monday with having only about, what, two matches announced. And now we have a few more and a little bit more clarity on stuff. But what is your kind of read on this pay-per-view thus far? Uh, it's another okay. I'm sure it'll be an okay show in another series of them. There's nothing here that's terribly scintillating. There's some stuff that I'm sure will be good. But we're kind of in that odd doldrums period before we hit Money in the Bank and SummerSlam, and then we hit the other doldrums period of the fall. But yeah, it's uh, I'm gonna watch. I'm sure it'll be fine. But that's about it. Rob, what are your what are your what's your read right now? Your temperature on payback? And we're really getting to the point now where like it's nearly impossible to have any strong thoughts on some of these pay per views. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, and then all the way, even through the mid-2000s, which people call a weak period, you would still find one or two things on a pay-per-view that would seem important, even if there wasn't, you know, whether it was logical build or strong build or, or a lot of interest up and down the card. But now, whether it's the WWE Network, whether it's the fact that now we have two essential pay-per-views here in May, this show only three weeks after the last show, uh, it's just, it's hard to have strong thoughts about it show going in i mean we here we are a pay-per-view on sunday and i don't have a strong thought about any single match on this show and <laughs> we should make this next segment really thrilling well, but i'm right with you too. i, I would probably <laughs> no I, I know i understand oh, i you hope know, someone's time stamping this show <laughs> yeah, i mean this is just it's one of those things where like there are seemingly important matches on the show right there are matches sure. where you have some new stars in a big role there are matches where okay is this finally the one where rusev is going to get john cena what are they going to do with lana uh, you have a tag title match we've been begging for a tag division and we have a what should be a high quality match there like in theory and it may very well turn out that this is a strong show but the interest level going into these shows, even for me, a lifelong WWE fan, and by lifelong, I mean since I was 13, it's just crazy. It's just like there's no interest for me even, and I don't know how they're going to get guys like me back or guys that listen to this podcast back. Maybe maybe this is a decent question for, for kind of both of you guys. If it wasn't something that you kind of consider a job of, of you know, hey, we have to, you know, I kind of have to watch these things. And, and, and Joe, you a little bit less so because you're not as, you know, obviously you do the, the Joe versus the world uh, podcast where you kind of look back at classic stuff. You do the wrestling podcast. You, you don't necessarily, I don't know, 
do you necessarily have to watch these or do you feel obligated to watch these or do you sometimes say, you know what, screw it. And is this one that would sort of be on that list of, eh, you know what, <laughs> like if it's a nice day out or if there's something else to do, I'm, I'm probably going to go do that instead. Uh, clearly in your house buried alive is a higher priority for me at this point, <laughs> but I feel somewhat obligated to view because I like to stay <laughs> on top of what's going on just i pay for the network you know it's i'm paying my money whether i watch it or don't it's not that hard to sit down for three hours i generally enjoy myself it's not like i'm yeah. sitting through garbage shows so but at the same time it's not terribly inspiring either where i i can't wait it's something it's like well that's what i'm doing sunday night i'm gonna watch a show some stuff will be good some stuff won't be that's the extent of it yeah, it's like that. I mean, I'm not necessarily inspired to watch the show, but at the same time for that question, like what I, I, I feel like a lot of us are spoiled and I feel maybe I shouldn't talk for others, but I'm especially spoiled with the fact that now for only $10, you can watch all these shows like payback is not a pay-per-view that I would go and watch two years ago where I'd have to right. go to a bar and watch it somewhere or actually pay for it. You know, I wouldn't be watching this show, but now that it's $10 on the WWE network and I'm paying that already, I will watch this show. I will enjoy myself while I'm watching this show, and I think this is going to be one of those sneaky good shows, really. I mean, look at the matches Certainly. on the card we're about to get to, and it's going to be sneaky good, but the interest level isn't there going in. This is this is the day and age now where WWE is, you have the interest afterward. Like, I can't believe we just saw that. I'm so excited for the next Raw. How are they going to do this? But then that fades away over the course of the weeks of television, and then you're, again, at that point where you're not caring about the pay-per-view until the pay-per-view is over. But, right, and I'm already, oh, sorry, oh, I was just going to say, if this was pre-network era, do you think this is the show we would get, or would there be something more compelling? Whew. Yeah, and, and that's that becomes the interesting question, too, because we saw that for a little while, is, is and this is sort of what everybody predicted, and, and so there's a lot of people going out there and saying, well, this is kind of what we knew the network pay-per-views were going to be like, or the special events, or whatever you want to call them, but then when they go to the month-to-month model, then you sort of assume, okay, are we going to really have these shows that are just kind of there, or whatever, and especially this month, I mean, obviously, we're, we're going to talk about it here in a little bit. They're doubling up on the pay-per-views with doing Elimination Chamber the last day of the month. But, yeah, it, it's an interesting question. It, you know, with the initial six-month window, you know, a subscription of the network, yeah, this is a thing that I absolutely thought we were going to see. This is the type of cards. This is the type of builds. This is the type of effort that I thought we were going to get. But once you go to the month-to-month model, don't you kind of change that a little bit? I think if we were... If we were in the era where it was still the pay-per-views and we don't have this network going on today, I don't think John Cena is the U.S. champion. I think John Cena is still up top somewhere. Um, we're not getting all these four ways. I mean, we're going to be filled with Seth Rollins' multi-man matches, I think, until SummerSlam. Like if Brock Lesnar comes back and is going to face Seth Rollins, for example, Seth Rollins is going to have a lot of you know these wacky you know triple threat or four-way matches that we're seeing now. I don't think they're going to necessarily have someone beat him or or have him beating a bunch of guys on the way to Brock Lesnar. It's going to be one of those where they just kind of trick us for several months where Seth Rollins, look at how many matches he's won, but he hasn't really beaten anyone at the same time. Um, I don't think, and it's impossible to say for sure, I don't think these are the types of cards exactly we'd be seeing if it were two years ago before the network. This is what people thought. We'd see uh, you know, storylines that kind of bridge you to the next show and not necessarily progress anything to the next show. All right, let's uh, let's break down this card here real quick. Um, obviously, WWE Payback, uh, the opener, at least I would hope is the opener, who God only knows. Uh, I got to get your thoughts on this because I, I feel like this is kind of a polarizing, you know, match team, something or another. It, it's Curtis Axel, you know, Axel Mania and Damian Sandow, the, the macho Mandow, 
versus the Ascension, Connor and Victor, who cut the greatest promo ever on Monday where they said, hey, you can't go out acting like 80s stars, you jerks. And, you know, well, that's that's that. I I don't know. I Rob, I know you're you're. You're probably on board for this. I, I don't. I can't really. I, I don't know where I'm at. Joe, I'll start with you. Thoughts on this match? Are, are you looking forward to it? Is it is it is it funny enough, or is it kind of tongue in cheek enough, or is it just kind of embarrassing at this point with these guys? <laughs> uh, I, I need a little help here because um, my raw viewing's been a little lapsed. It's cursed. Actually- <laughs> so you probably have no idea what we're talking. Uh, about. I mean, does he think he's Hulk Hogan now? Because that wasn't really. He just talked about um, Axelmania. He's kind of he's kind of morphed into this now, especially <laughs> yeah. with the way they're going. Damian Sandow is Macho Man now. I mean, he's mimicking Macho Man, which I think is still a little cringeworthy. Like it's kind of the bad, guy yeah. has been dead now for about four years, <laughs> but he wasn't part of WWE. Like kids today don't know a whole lot about what he's doing. Um, Curtis Axel has morphed from a guy who was doing this gimmick of Axelmania, you know, not really as a spoof of Hulk Hogan but just as like a little catchphrase for him. And now he's going full on Hulk Hogan. He's dropping the leg brother after matches. You know, he's got the mimics. He hasn't worn the colors yet. I fully expect here at payback that he's wearing red and yellow. Like we're right. We got the shirt, but that's not right. That's we need the whole, the whole deal. And and God, I hope he dyes his hair as well. That would be the next step that we would need as well. Yeah. Joe, you you are completely out of the loop then. And so I can't imagine what your brain is going through right now. They did the, uh, the mega powers handshake too on raw where, uh, you know, like the, Macho Mandow had his, you know, hand on his hip and they gave the, the, you know, the holding the hand handshake deal. And yeah, that's, that's so this is the mega powers and yeah. Well, I don't find it embarrassing. <laughs> as you said, it just sounds like something to kill time. So why not? The incension, the, the ascension gets, uh, they get to wrestle. So yeah, they, there you go. I'm still more embarrassed by Connor's promo ability than I am it's by anything so Axel and Sandow are doing. So all power to him. I mean, if it gets some TV time, which, hey, they're on a pay-per-view in a match here, whether it's I mean, it is the kickoff match, but still right. they're getting a match on the pay-per-view show. Uh, we couldn't be saying the same for these two guys several months ago. So, hey, if it's going to be what gets them on TV, <laughs> yeah, whatever you can do, yeah, go for it. Why not? Are you Rob? Are you full on board of, of the Ascension being a tongue in cheek? act or do you still think they're because that's still something we talked about it months ago on on this very podcast or whatever do you think they've reached that level now or monday was that confirmation for you that okay this is like a tongue-in-cheek act or do you think connor's actually being serious when he make cuts a promo like i don't know they're a tongue-in-cheek act like everyone else knows what they are the writing team knows what they're writing although at the same time i still think connor doesn't quite get like in my mind (laughs) victor maybe he knows what's going on but i feel like connor is going out there showing like I'm going to show them that I have the skills to get on top. I'm going to get right. on top of Power WWE. Paint, baby. Yeah, I'm going to take this and ride Power with it. Paint. They're giving me speaking time. They have faith in me. Like, I don't think he quite gets what's going on here. Maybe he does. Maybe he gets what's going on and says, like, I'm 36. This is how I'm going to be on TV. I'm not going to win the world title anytime soon. I'm not going to be a millionaire. Let me just do what I can with this and hopefully stay on TV for a while. But I have a feeling Connor just doesn't get what's going on. <laughs> Joe, we need your prediction here. Your 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 absolute Take it to the bank prediction on this match. I will not support the Ascension in any way. So, <laughs> excellent stand out for the win. All right. I, I think that's probably good. And then, then I guess the next question uh, for Joe, when, when did the Mega Powers explode? What's, go, what's it going to do and then how will it happen? <laughs> uh, WrestleMania 35 to commemorate the 30th anniversary of that show. <laughs> what do you mean when will they explode? They exploded already. They did, <laughs> they did it backwards. They exploded in their first segment together and then... <laughs> Came together. They got back together. Yeah. 
Well, yeah, it'll happen again, though. They'll forget about that. I, I wish like every other week they're exploding and then rejoining. Like that's the gimmick. <laughs> like after this pay-per-view, they explode again. And then the next week they're back together. And it just goes like nine months they, of that. Just yeah. Perpetually like they, like neither guy remembers that last week they hated each other. I, oh, I, I said, uh, I said, the uh, but. I said WrestleMania 35. I apologize for using numbers. If it's in Florida, it'll be WrestleMania <laughs> grapefruit or something. So <laughs> palm that. tree. Yeah. yeah. WrestleMania, WrestleMania palm, palm tree. tree yeah. So yeah. At the Orlando. At the Citrus Bowl, the crumbling Citrus Bowl <laughs> that they'll go to yet again because they love that freaking arena for some reason. Uh, next match here, King Barrett versus Neville. Uh, Rob, we'll start with you. What are your thoughts on this match, and, and who do you have winning? Uh, I think it'll be good. I mean, we got a taste of it a, a couple of times already, the King of the Ring final. We got it at the uh, last pay-per-view. I think this is going to be uh, one of the better matches on the show, on a show filled with matches that could deliver pretty highly. Um I mean, King Barrett just won the King of the Ring thing. I mean, this is the rubber match really between the three. So I see him kind of going at it because uh, he's going to be one of the strong contenders at uh, Elimination Chamber. So I would go with King Barrett winning. Neville's looked really strong in a lot of losses. So I don't think they necessarily need him to win any matches anytime soon as far as on a grand scale like this. I would think I'm a little conflicted on this because they had Neville look so strong against Cena on Monday. And I'm just mm-hmm. you, would, you would think. Barrett just won the King of the Ring. You would think you would continue that push, have him win. Pretty simple, but I'm not so sure, but I will go with Barrett. And uh, I imagine this will be good because the other two times we've seen it, I liked it fine. And I hope they get a good chunk of time uh, on the show. Yeah, I'm right with you guys. I think I think uh, Barrett's going to win as well. But yeah, it is it is kind of interesting in, in that sense is that, yeah, when is Neville going to kind of get that big win or when is he going to get that win or, or at least make that sort of somewhat ascension? I, I don't know. I mean, I feel like he's doing such a good job of, of losing. And like, I mean that in a good way. Like, he, he, I don't feel like he's losing all that much from losing, if that makes sense. Like, no, he's because when it's over, he's getting more he, over. Exactly. Yeah. When it's over, it's like, okay, but eventually he's going to need that win. But I, I just, I don't feel it right now. And I don't feel it against this, you know, against King Barrett, against Barrett, you know, after their series, but I wouldn't be surprised. I'm, I'm still going to go with Barrett, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm very curious when that Neville win is going to come in it. It might be, you know, wait till a bigger title match or wait till a bigger event and have that happen. Whereas I don't know if this is it. So now, I don't know if he, now, Rich, he gets a little bit more over losing here. Let me so. ask you this. Cause we had raw on Monday night. And we had the Sami Zayn match last week. Sami Zayn makes this big uh, debut again on Raw, his re-debut in Montreal, goes the distance with John Cena, but John Cena wins. And here we are this week on Raw, Neville and John Cena, and they have Rusev come in before the finish. Like Neville was on top of John Cena for this yeah. craziness at the finish. They, it looked like they were protecting Neville a little bit because they could have easily had Neville lose and then Rusev Certainly. come in. Is there anything to be made of that? I think so. I mean, yeah, I think the whole booking of John Cena as of late, which has been funny because they're sort of very quickly like humanizing him, which is it's funny. It took so long. And then, you know, he does that promo in Montreal or whatever. And it's like, oh, this is like a generally nice, cool guy. Like, oh, that's so weird how he's not just a, a robot. Yeah, he's it's been interesting the past few weeks with him. But, yeah, I think, you know, I don't think there's. I don't think it's an accident that you have, especially the guys kicking out of the AA and not being the guys of like, you know, I get it when like a Randy Orton does it or someone does it at WrestleMania or someone does it at a big event. But, man, we're talking about, you know, just exactly like these guys that are, are, I mean, Zane's re-re-debut. I mean, this is first match back from NXT. Neville, who's been back for about a month or whatever. And these guys are just kicking out of the AA almost like it's nothing. And I mean... There's something to be said for that. I know, uh, you know, Dave Meltzer sort of alluded to it a little bit this morning is that like, hey, look, this is this is kind of what 
Cena's probably going to be now. I mean, that's we sort of thought it was going to happen for a little bit, but now we're on what you know, month two or three of this you know open challenge thing, and and I think it's a great idea. I think it's absolutely the right thing to do with him at this stage of his career. But yeah, I think there's there's smoke to that fire. I don't think it's a complete accident that that it's yeah. And it could just be these two guys. They might just think very highly of these two guys, but I think it's more of something about Cena I as have, well and how they're going to use him. I have a sneaking sub- suspicion here, Rich, that they really like this Neville. Mm-hmm. They're giving him the multiple nicknames. He's the new sensation and the man <laughs> Which, that gravity forgot. Right. And I, I really hope at WrestleMania 35 or WrestleMania grapefruit, whatever it may be <laughs> that they're still calling Neville the new sensation. But I have a feeling like whoever's in charge there, especially Vince, I think they kind of like this guy. Like now we mm-hmm. have to push him in the world title picture, but here we are coming up with elimination chamber at the end of this month. I would not be shocked at all. If Neville's one of the top contenders to come out of that elimination chamber that we'll talk about. But I, I think Vince likes this guy and probably not because of anything on NXT. Like I think Neville has won the guys in charge over from his raw appearances. And he seems to be getting over pretty well with these losses. If you had to give a grade to how they've handled Neville so far, what would you give it? Ooh, I give it. I'd say probably a B plus. Yeah, I'm in the B plus A minus range. They've B done plus, it almost yeah. about as well as you would expect. Like this. Well, what's been awesome is because they aren't burying him. Like it's not, oh, this new guy's up and they're not making fun of him. Commentary is putting him over strong. Like they're putting Mm -hmm. him over every chance they get. The losses that he's had have made sense. They've been hard fought. He didn't even get a loss against John Cena. It was a no contest. Like that's the one where you look to like of all the guys to not take a fall to John Cena. They picked Neville. And it didn't really, you can tell me that Rusev came in and it was all in context. Like anyone in that spot would have gotten the no contest. That's not true. Cause we just had it a week ago with Sami Zayn. Exactly. Or they would have had Rusev come after right. the match or whatever. And the fact that he came in and, and disrupted that absolutely. match. Absolutely. That speaks volumes. Absolutely. No, I, I think it's been great. I think, yeah, I went with the B plus and I, I could even make an argument for the A minus. I mean, there's really only been like, I mean, maybe one or two missteps in general, but I think, yeah, I, I think the biggest part, and, and Rob, I think you just mentioned it as well, is that the commentary, and that's, you, we know that uh, the commentary, a lot of it is a reflection of Vince. When, you know, when Sami Zayn gets hurt, we hear, oh, is this guy injury prone? And we know Vince is back there screaming about it, wherever. Whereas we're not getting, oh, look at his big ears, look at the flying mouse, look at this or whatever, you, you know, which that's what I assume we were going to get is look at his big ears, let's all laugh right. about it. Okay. Yeah. This little guy who thinks he can, he can hang. They're not doing that. They're, they haven't talked about his height, they haven't talked about his ears. They're just talking about what he can do in the ring, how spectacular he is, how much the crowd loves him or whatever. And we know that that's partially a reflection of Vince saying that stuff. And, and obviously they're being told to, to put this guy over. And I think that's that's something that's way, way, way more than I expected. I mean, I, I don't know about you guys. Did, did you expect anything like this at all with him, especially with with, with Neville? I thought he was just going to be a nothing. Yeah, I expected an ascension level push. <laughs> <laughs> right? I, I expected a quick a couple of months like Tensai when he came back. You know, he's the big guy. He got he got quite a bit of push. I mean, this guy beat John Cena clean and then they just had nothing to do with him and they let him fall. Like I expected mm-hmm. that for Neville and it still very well could happen. But at this rate, it doesn't look like that's, you know, coming anytime soon. You're right. We're at that point where I thought they would get sick of him where Vince would he would botch something move and then Vince says, ah, this guy sucks. And then we're done with it forever, <laughs> you know, but we haven't, no. we haven't gotten there and yet. And you talk so. about, uh, you just said it, uh, but commentary is the one thing where, okay, you'll get the voice of Vince through that commentary. So you know what they really think of these people that are on TV and on this very show, we had the reunit, uh, reuniting of Harper and Rowan. And tell me that commentary wasn't going out of their way to bury Fondango on this show. 
Like whether you think <laughs> he's was... going to be anything or not, like the potential is there, but whether you think that's not true or whatever the case may be. Okay. Every Neville match they're putting over Neville as what he can do and how much potential he has this commentary during this Harper and Rowan, uh, this Rowan match against Fandango. They were not talking too much about how strong Rowan is. They were talking about what a geek Fandango is taking bets on how fast he would lose out of nowhere. <laughs> like commentary is the voice and Neville and Fandango right. right now are on completely opposite ends of the spectrum. All right, so move on. Next match here. Dolph Ziggler, Sheamus. This is no, uh, no stipulations, no ass kissing, no uh, butthole licking, anything like that for this Whoa. one uh, th- that I know of. I mean, we, that could still happen. We don't know officially, but it's not in the stipulations. Uh, Mr. Gagney, what are your thoughts on this? Dolph Ziggler versus Sheamus in terms of in-ring prediction and, and what, sign of, what, what kind of comes out after this? Do we, do we get another one of these matches or is this kind of the blow off of this little mini feud that we got going here? Uh, I will guess. I think it'll be good because these two are good wrestlers. And I would guess Dolph Ziggler's due for a win, maybe kind of a little flukish one like he had last time, but Sheamus kind of attacks him afterwards. This will continue. I don't think this is the end. Uh, it could go either way. I'll go with Dolph for now because he got kind of embarrassed last time, and you don't really want to continue that trend for your baby faces. So we shall see. <laughs> <laughs> or do or you, do Rob? You know. What are your thoughts? You, yeah, yeah, you right. may not want to continue that trend. <laughs> this is the company you know. that does continue that trend. Uh, yeah, Dolph Ziggler won the last one. If anyone's due for a win here, it's Sheamus. I'm going to go with Sheamus winning this one. Um, but, I mean, you start looking at this, uh, looking at the show, and if we have King Barrett winning, and if we have Sheamus winning, and if we have, uh, when we get to the tag title match and the you know the main event what baby faces are going to win on the show. So sometimes that kind of makes you look at like a Dolph Ziggler winning because it could be one of those matches where we just give it for the fans and here's your baby face winning. But I think mm-hmm. this feud is going to continue all the way to elimination chamber a whole two weeks away. So uh, I'm going to have, I'm going to have Sheamus winning this match probably clean. I would say. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't know if I'm allowed to do this. I mean, I guess it's my show, so I can do whatever the hell I want. But I'm going to go with nobody. I kind of feel like we're going to get a no contest, some double DQ, no counter. I think the fact that there isn't a stipulation on here kind of speaks volumes, and I think that's going to lead to something going on at Elimination Chamber that maybe we get some sort of stipulation or they're in one of those chambers, something like that. I just cannot imagine this being the blow-off one way or another of this. because oh, yeah, no, absolutely not. I mean, granted, I'm using the you know, the logic of you can't end it on a singles match after you had it, you know, you know but who knows? I just I, I can't imagine like you guys that this is it, and I just don't know. Because like, and, and Joe brought up the good point is that, yeah, you almost kind of feel like Sheamus won the last one, but he didn't. Mm-hmm. But then, Rob, you brought it up that then, you know, would Sheamus would hypothetically need to get the win here. But I'm with Joe that, man, that's that's a bad visual that Dolph Ziggler, you know, kisses this guy's ass. And the next month, you know, he loses a match or whatever. I don't know what you do there. So I just have it being I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know what schmaz, but I see something leading into that. You know, as we mentioned, the two week away elimination chamber pay-per-view of a rematch there. But yeah, I, I I'm going to go with nobody on this one. But. If I had to, I would probably pick Sheamus, but. And you're right. I mean, this is a lot of these pay-per-views sometimes seem like three hour raws. And the fact that you can do DQs now on these pay-per-views since they're on the network and it's the same price regardless. And you're not really trying to sell pay-per-views. I mean, we've seen fluke finishes in other matches. We saw on the last show, Extreme Rules, how none of the stipulations were adhered to. (laughs) You can easily do a DQ here or no contest or, or get a whole bunch of other guys involved. Uh, so I, I wouldn't say that's like out of the realm of possibility at all that you get a no contest there. So you might be onto something. 
All right, move on here to the uh, tag team titles, a match that I think we're all kind of looking forward to a little bit. Best two out of three falls. We have the New Day defending their titles. That's, of course, Big E, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods. We don't know what combo of those, and Booker T will continue to mix up the, <laughs> the Freebird rule on a weekly basis versus Cesaro, Tyson Kidd, and, of course, they'll be accompanied by Natalia, who, yeah, that was... Uh, what, what was going on Monday, Rob? Do you, know, do you know where they were avoiding her on camera? Was that just a little bit too much cleavage for their uh, their good or what or their liking? Or she certainly changed like the appearance level over the last several months. Like it's noticeable. You look at how she was dressing last year and for the last five years of her career versus what she's doing right now. It's like both her and Tyson Kidd had a conversation. Like this is how <laughs> we're gonna get on TV. We're just gonna go balls to the wall. We've waited five years to get on TV together on Raw Weekly, and we're just gonna go all out and whore ourselves out in whichever way we can. And and that's both for Tyson and Natalia. And you know what? They're on TV. I have no idea what was going on with Natalia and the camera. Because they were avoiding her after. Because people are saying, oh, you know, they're not showing her. Oh, start showing her. Stop showing Xavier Woods or whatever. And I was like, yeah, whatever. But then the, the you know, the exit happens. They're going up the ramp. And the the camera is just not. It's it's, it's showing just Cesaro and Kid, even though Natalia's arms around Cesaro. So it's it very interesting. Uh, I, I'm going to think uh, that Monday. it was all just coincidence that they were trying to focus on the two men who are going to be in the match. I'm going to I'm going to go with that. Now, if we start seeing that as a trend, who knows? But maybe they didn't like the way she was dressed this uh, this one week or maybe they just wanted to focus on the two guys that were actually in the match coming up god forbid mm-hmm. they actually focus on the competitors at the pay-per-view so uh you know i'll i'll give them the benefit of the doubt i have no idea what was going on it was certainly weird watching it live absolutely but anyway this match i definitely looking forward to it joe what are your thoughts and who do you have kind of winning here uh my only concern is that it's one of those matches that's two out of three falls but it still only goes like 11 minutes so they just waste the, the right. stipulation i hope they would get an extended amount of time i don't know if that's going to be the case probably not but last month was excellent i thought it was the best match on that show and uh i heard the some people postulate that the new day will s- sub in new members every time so you get a different combination for every fall which oh I yeah oh yeah oh, cool. yeah it's happening that's awesome yeah that'd be cool that'd be awesome so yeah looking very forward to this and uh i, I don't know if i call it the sleeper i expect it to be excellent so only remains to see if it's the best match on the show, which it very well could be again. Yeah, I, I would probably go with that, Rob. What, what are your thoughts? Do you think it'll be the best match on the show? I think it is all the all the possibilities. I would still just because there's four guys and they can do a lot of craziness. And Roman Reigns, every singles match he has had so far in WWE on a pay per view has been the best ma- the best match of the show. So I'm not going to put it out of the realm that uh, that world title match can be the best match on this show. I think this one is the one that most people are thinking going in is going to be very strong and they're probably right. I love the idea and was thinking about this and almost guarantee it will happen that they will sub in different members. Like they're going to have three different combinations for the falls. And I think that's a brilliant idea to kind of get this group over, not only as heels, but get their gimmick over the fact that they're doing these free bird rules and I think that's what leads them to the victory. You're going to have a fresh guy in that third match. And I think that's what they play up as they go to uh, Elimination Chamber, because I think that's one of the selling points. Again, as we talk, really, this is like a Raw and SmackDown for Elimination Chamber. Now that they <laughs> Really? I mean, now it really kind <laughs> of changes the way Every match just throws it, yeah. it in there. We may as well have just previewed Elimination Chamber and be like, this is, <laughs> yeah, I don't know why we're this is what happened on this. Raw the week before and the payback Raw before. You know, this is what's going on because it's going to play into that. Like, they're going to have to pick two members to go in the chamber of that pay-per-view and which two members is it going to be. And, you know, poor Xavier Woods is probably going to be the one guy to take the fall in their one loss in this show. Uh, but yeah, I see this one being uh, pretty exciting, not just for the work in the ring, but for the the unique gimmick that they're going to have along with it. 
Absolutely. Move on here to the U.S. title. I quit match John Cena defending his title against Rusev. Uh, Rob, we'll start with you here. Uh, Rusev, does he finally get his win back? Does he get his title back? And, and you know, the secondary question, you know, where is Lana after this month? Is it, you know, we're on the rapid. We're getting close to the breakup. We don't know when it's going to happen. Is it, does it happen now or is it kind of something that we got to wait a little bit longer for? The only thing that leads me to believe that this breakup's not going to happen right now is the fact that they've gone so hard on it. Like they are pushing this thing like they're already broken up almost like this is, you know, quicker than Marrow and Sable. Like all of a sudden they were completely cohesive. And then now Rusev hates Lana and Lana's doing his bidding and Lana wants nothing of him. So I, I think it might be a swerve, but really, yeah, this is probably it. I mean, you know, Jeff Hawkins on Shake Them Ropes is saying that, you know, Lana will somehow be in distress and John Cena, the the man man that he is, is going to make sure Lana <laughs> doesn't get hurt. And that's why he quits this and Rusev gets the fluke victory. But uh, it just looks like you know, I want John Cena to win. I love this gimmick of weekly on Raw. He's just wrestling the mid carters for that U.S. championship and getting the best match in the show weekly. Like, I love that idea. I hope John Cena wins. Um, there's just a lot of possibilities, I think, to give Rusev the win in this one. But then you have that I quit step. And like John Cena is not going to say I quit. Unless, you know, a woman's life is at risk. So I, I will go with John Cena winning. And I think the program probably ends here. And then we get the Rusev and Lana breakup with whatever they do next. Joe, where are you at with this match? You can't see John Cena quitting on America and retiring <laughs> afterwards. No, I, 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 think, I, I really, uh, I really can't call me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Uh, you're wondering which baby faces are going to win. I feel fairly <laughs> John Cena. Right. I do think something's going to happen with Lana. She'll get sick of Rusev yelling at her, so she'll throw in the towel, which will count, because otherwise you have your monster heel getting his ass beat three straight pay-per-views or John Cena quitting, neither of which is really ideal, so that's probably the best. And then she can... Lana can say how much she loves America now. <laughs> like, how is she going to do the, the the no accent thing? That's something I've heard some people say. Like, all of a sudden, like, is, was she brainwashed? I mean, what was it? Was she just trying to, you know, <laughs> play act to get to the top? Or, like, what, what, what could possibly be the scenario that she's going to say to say, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm from Florida and I, I talk like this? Which, by the way, her real voice, I mean, I, I know you guys have both heard it, is just compl- couldn't be farther away from the Lana thing. So how she even does this, I have no idea. I mean, she, they're going to find a way. She teased, or will they even explain it? She teased the dropping last week on Raw. Like she started the promo with her regular voice and then was like, oh, got to get back in character. Like it was one of those not so subtle, subtle teases from WWE that we're so right. accustomed to now. Um, I think it'll just be that fact. Like she was with, with Rusev, you know, she'll come out and it won't be like Kofi Kingston level where one week he's just not talking <laughs> like a uh, Jamaican anymore. And they make a little wink, wink joke at it and leave it to be. I think she'll have a reason for it. I think the excuse will be she was rising with Rusev and she wanted to be taken seriously because she didn't think an American woman should could be taken seriously. And she'll come out and do the baby face thing where, you know, women are strong and I need to be a strong woman. I'm going to speak with my real voice and she'll be a huge over baby face. Why not? Uh, but, yeah, I think they'll have a reason for it. I just don't know why it's coming right now, because this seems to always be the forgotten period of WWE like before they get into the summer push for SummerSlam. Not a lot of things happen in these times that people remember. So I don't know why they would be doing this Lana big breakup right now, but certainly seems that way. Given the uh, strict continuity they have for their female performers, I'm sure we've got an excellent <laughs> explanation. I think they'll do shock therapy like the old George the Animal Steel skit where they gave it to him. and He was very uh, eloquent all of a sudden. So that's clearly what's going to happen. 
I like that. But no, uh, Joe, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on the uh, prediction for the match. I see it that way as that Lana is the one that throws in the towel, and that's why Rusev loses. But, Rob, I like your scenario, too, where, where you you put sort of John Cena in that situation. And that makes sense. But I, I, I'm also with you, Rob. And I, I love John Cena in this role. I love, love, love him in doing these 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 monthly or the, the weekly uh, you know U.S. title challenges or whatever. I think it's great, and I think it's a perfect role for him. And I think it's doing a great job of getting guys over. And, and like you said, it's the best. I mean, it, it gets a long amount of time in the middle of the show it's just something so cool about it i hope it just never ends it's it's, so, it's i'm really a big fan of it right now but so say that's what happens say lana throws in the towel for rusev maybe he has him in you know the stf and lana throws in the towel what's next for rusev like what okay so he breaks up with lana but where's the heat at like who is he right. getting his revenge on like wh- who, what is going to happen with rusev is lana <laughs> gonna get a new man the next week like she can be with fandango the next week like i, I just don't see the energy oh, there yet up. They start the intergender program. Oh, there's another one. Yeah. Time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow, it's 2015. <laughs> We've got to get progressive. That, that is true. It is right. 2015. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Um, that's that's the real big question. I, I don't know if they know. And I the, the whole booking of Rusev over the last maybe, you know, three or four months is just so weird because it's a guy that was legit, you know, a, a, a big deal. I was super into him. I know, you know, he was he was a big deal on, on all the pay-per-views. He was a big featured guy. And now you're he's sort of in limbo because, yeah, I think the, the big story is going to be the breakup in, in, in one way or another. And, yeah, I understand your question, Rob, but I, I don't know. I, I just don't know if they even have a plan or if it's just going to be kind of. Well, then he just kind of goes on on his own and, and does his own thing for a little while. And that's kind of what you have with Rusev. And you're right. There's nothing there. There's not much, you know, meat there. And it's really Lana that gets over. But yeah, I mean, and think about this. If Rusev does lose and say it's I would consider that a pretty weak way. If Lana throws in the towel for him, I would consider that like Rusev again didn't really right. lose this match. But think about what happens if that happens and the way they've been pushing this Rowan now back with Harper. Could you have imagined even one month ago? That we could be going into next week's Raw and the bigger, stronger built heel on Raw is Rowan over Rusev (laughs) because that could be what happens next week if Rowan is this dominant, you know, badass heel and Rusev is losing because a woman throws in the towel for him. Yeah, it's 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 unexplainable because I don't know what happened. Yeah, I just don't know what happened. Like, I, it, it's so weird. Like, that we're talking about Rusev, like, like he did something or there was some bad or, I mean, nothing happened. He was fine, right? Like, I, I just, I don't get it. But I, I don't know. Uh, Joe, is there a way you would con- kind of combat this or a way that you would sort of break them off? Or or is there anything that, to keep Rusev still strong? Or, or is it just kind of, you got to get to that means and, you know, it's just kind of a means to the end. Can Elixir Bliss do a Russian accent? Because he can just yes. cycle him in and out. There you go. <laughs> Dana Brooke, Dana Brooke oh, and Rusev. Perfect. She can't really oh. speak English, so I don't know about her. <laughs> she doesn't have to talk. Like she's got to look strong. She looks strong. There you she's go. Like perfect. Call her up. Like hashtag keep Dana strong. I, I agree, Rob. I know you're Dana Brooke number one fan. Are you cool with the, the Dana Brooke Rusev? Just strong Russian steroids. Yeah, I mean, I think it would kind of hurt Rusev <laughs> that he would be the feminine one in the group. But <laughs> oh wow, I, I I love Dana Brooke. Like she's not ready for anything yet. But like you can see the potential there. Like I love Dana Brooke. Alexa Bliss is too busy working on the Australian accent right now, apparently <laughs> getting with the Cowboys down there. Uh, but yeah, why not bring someone else up? I just don't think Dana Brooke is ready. Is. I just don't know what's going to happen with Lana because I mean, there's she's not going to wrestle. All right. Put that yeah. idea to bed. She's not wrestling this year at all. But what's she going to do is she she has to find a man, right? And like, who's the man going to be to go up against Rusev? Because that seems natural. And I don't know if it's anyone currently on the roster. 
But we've talked way too much about Lana. We have, we have. Well, you wanted to talk about Harper and Rowan. I think you got that oh, we've, enough. We, uh, we hit that have one. We? Okay, I just want to make sure I can cross it off we, my list. We hit that one, think. yes. Okay, all right. <laughs> Good for that one. Uh, so we'll get to the main event here of the uh, WWE Raw slash Payback. Uh, that'll be before Elimination Chamber. Uh, the World Heavyweight title, Fatal 4 match. A match that I'm definitely looking forward to for, for a number of levels. I think the build's been good. I think the match is going to be great as well. Seth Rollins, the champion, defending against Dean Ambrose, Randy Orton, and Roman Reigns. So you got the shield in there against uh, Randy Orton. A nice little fun kind of callback to that as well. Uh, I'll start with Joe. What, what are your thoughts on this match, and, and who do you have winning here? I mean, I think it's pretty, to me, fairly obvious that Seth Rollins wins, but do you kind of go against that? Oh, you forgot the heavy step that Kane will be fired from being director of operations. Oh, God, I forgot. Yes, Seth Rollins does not retain. Oh, my God. The second straight <laughs> pay-per-view where what is Kane going to do is the focal point of the main event, but yes. Barring that, I do think this will be a, an excellent match. I'm happy to see Dean Ambrose get a shot. I'm sure he's there just to take a pinfall, but still, it's a positive step for him. First he wins the match, and now he's main eventing again. Uh, yeah, I do think Seth Rollins retains, because I, I mean, you could say, given where ratings have been lately and given the Roman Reigns special that aired recently, maybe they might pull something out, give him the be- the belt. But um, no, I think Seth, Seth retains. Yeah. Rob, where are you at? Seth, re- Seth is retaining here. Two weeks ago, or maybe three weeks ago on Raw, Kane gave his two weeks notice. And maybe I'm just completely missed. I watch Raw every week. <laughs> all right. I watch it closely. You don't have to anymore, Rob. I don't you, watch you, it live. You really don't. I don't watch it live anymore. Okay. But I do watch it. And Kane well, went from wanting to quit because of all this to now being upset that he might get fired. And I don't remember him actually. Like maybe that was one of those weird swerves that they were doing week after week after week where he just tells the camera as if no one's watching or as if everyone's watching that he wants to quit. Only to be like, haha, I don't want to quit. I'm the boss here. But it's so weird to me. I think Seth Rollins, like, it's guaranteed he wins because of that step, I think. I, I don't see Dean Ambrose winning. Randy Orton's time is coming gone. Roman Reigns, not the way to win it for him. And I think Seth Rollins, I still have this idea that he's going to go all the way until Brock Lesnar comes back, which isn't for a while. So Seth will win this one. I think it'll be the match of the night. Like, this is my pick. I think there's going to be everyone going out there to just have this all-time great four-way because you have the shield in there against Randy Orton and you have three youngsters who just want to show that they belong in the main event and especially Ambrose because he may not get this chance again for a while so like if I'm Dean Ambrose going in there I want to make sure that everyone sees that I belong here I'm the best guy in this match and you can't keep me out of it for too much longer so I think they're going to go all balls to the wall Seth Rollins wins and he uh, defends the title in some type of wacky three-way at uh, pay- at Elimination Chamber. Uh, Randy Orton, uh, white meat babyface, great or the greatest? <laughs> uh, he is officially the greatest, yes. Okay, all right. He is a first Joe? ballot. Look at all the first ballot Hall of Famers <laughs> currently in WWE, by the way. <laughs> right. I mean, you got John Cena. You got Randy Orton. Roman Reigns well on his way. Daniel Bryan, of course. I mean, the whole conversation came up because Daniel Bryan on Raw gives the speech about how he's relinquishing the title and no one knows if he's going to wrestle ever again. And you asked it online is, is Daniel Bryan a first ballot Hall of Famer? Like the Wrestling Observer Hall of Fame, is he going to get in? I don't think there's any possible way you keep him out of that thing. And, and you got the mega powers coming back. I mean, you got to put the mega powers <laughs> in They're the most over tag team in the history of Earth. Like, look at all the Hall of Famers in this company You're right yummy. now. We should be getting better shows from all these Hall of Famers. Xavier Woods on the cusp at some point, but uh, oh, you went too far. Yeah, okay, I'm yep. sorry, but uh, yeah, the, the main event. I'm I'm really, really, really looking forward to this. I think it's going to be like you said. I think everybody kind of realizes that it's it's 
it's a big time for a lot of these guys that are in this match. I mean, Seth Rollins is, is a guy who sort of has to show his worth and, and, and show that he, you know, I'm assuming he's keeping it till SummerSlam. I mean, that, that seems to make sense. But yeah, you never know. They could kind of, you know, go another different direction or whatever. And we talked about, we'll talk about the Roman Reigns theory in a little bit. You know, Dean Ambrose is the one that absolutely that I think is going to be the standout of this match of a guy who knows that this is, hey, this is one of the few opportunities I've had since the summer of last year to show that I'm I'm worth anything, that I've deserved to be in a big spot or whatever. I think he's going to work his ass off. Oh, yeah. yeah, everybody in here is, is good. And I, I mean, I feel like the match is going to be really, really good. I, I don't know. I mean, are, your guys read on it. Do you do you any doubt that it's just is it a total dud or is there any chance that it's even a dud or is it going to be good? It's going to be good. I don't I yeah. don't see a way it's not at least good. I don't think the there's least. a. I don't think there's a chance for a dud here. I mean, even if one guy has a bad night, you have three other guys who are going to be there going all crazy. So I and Randy Orton, let's look at Randy Orton's history in pay-per-views. Let's look back at SummerSlam in the singles match against Roman Reigns. Randy Orton's a guy who brings it on pay-per-views. Like this is a guy yeah. who has his pay-per-view match. He has his TV match and he has his non-TV matches. The pay-per-view matches are always usually good. Like this guy goes out there as a vet who's been here for 12 years now. Like Randy Orton is no slacker in this match. They're all good workers. Seth Rollins still wants to, you know, prove that he belongs in this thing. Like this, I have no idea how it could end up being bad. Unless uh, a TV explodes in Dean's face and a genie shows up. <laughs> then, yeah, yes. then it could be oh. a TV explodes, a hologram of Kane <laughs> protesting that he doesn't want to lose his job shows up in the middle of the ring. You know, Bray Wyatt decides to interrupt another program before it's over. I, you know, you could have things that happen not because of these four guys. But uh, if we're just sticking it to these four guys. Yeah. As long as Goldberg doesn't come in here with kickboxing gloves, we're good. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yes. He did want to wrestle again. He wants to wrestle again, and he's big into kickboxing. He comes in here in like a NASCAR. (laughs) He drives through the ring (laughs) in his glory uh, shirt. I I don't even know what their logo even looks like. I have no idea what that is. Glory, glory kickboxing, kickboxing. sir. Apparently, you don't listen to Who's Next with Goldberg or read Mr. Gagney's wrestling podcast. Because Gagney tells me every week not to listen to it. (laughs) I really do. Yeah, I, I love how I love how it's it's such a worthless podcast, but you won't take it out of the rotation. That's, I, that's my favorite part about reading it every week. You're like, oh god, here we go again. I'm like, just stop. Why do you listen to this? Like, how do you listen to this? I feel anymore? it's my cross to bear. I'm the only <laughs> like, one. This is my this is what I this is my job. This is how long me. is how long is the usual episode of that? They go. They're pretty sure. He'll the okay. kickboxing one was like 45 minutes. You listen at an advanced speed. It's like a half hour. You know. <laughs> I still don't Rich, know. You think I'm listening to five hour voices of wrestling at normal speed? No, I know you're not. I know you're not one of those normal speed weirdos, but uh, no, I'm that way. I, I don't like, Ugh. but I, I just don't know why you even spend a half an hour with the Bill Goldberg, but I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you do. So I guess what, uh, what Sadler uh, will be on the podcast this week? <laughs> Hermie. I don't, <laughs> you don't know. Any other much of a wrestling connection. Bill won't allow that. So. Yeah, no, I was going to say then then they might talk about wrestling and he would get horrified by that. So uh, we'll get uh, we'll move on right now. We're going to talk a little bit about NXT, but let's talk about Elimination Chamber well, actually, right I, now. Um, we, uh, I actually just had a question. Are we going to get oh, yeah, a, yeah. a Ryback um, Bray match at uh, Payback here? Or saving that for <laughs> Rob, do you know? I, I, I assume that tonight on SmackDown, they're going to finalize the Ryback and Bray Wyatt. I don't see how they could keep it off of this show. I would also expect possibly a women's tag with Naomi and Tamita against the Bellas. I don't expect them to do a title match yet. Um, so we could get those two matches added. I would hope not just for the fact that I would like to see the tag title match get at least 15 minutes. 
Mm-hmm. Right now you have six matches. You could easily go eight. You can have the women's match go very quickly. Um, and one of the matches was on the pre-show, of course. So uh, I think we're going to get those two added uh, to this show. So y- you don't know, but they have one more show to add them. And I think this is the night that they'll do it. Uh, I do have one last uh, note here. Uh, AJ Lee holds the record for longest Divas title reign at 295 days. Nikki Bella is at 170. Do you think they have a break it just to stick it to AJ? <laughs> Four months shy. And they can oh, clearly man. just drag these things out. So I honestly don't think that they're actually paying attention too much to that. Like, I think the time will come where someone gets close to it and they do. Um, but I just see with Naomi and Tamina and this program going on, at some point, Naomi has to win this belt, especially if she's going to be on the heel side and the bells are turning baby face. At some point, Nikki's got to lose the belt uh, sooner than the next hundred days. Uh, but if they're really, you know, vengeful like that, and sometimes they are, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. But I would see Naomi winning most likely at Elimination Chamber or the pay per view in June. Yeah, I do. I, I'm with that. I'm with you on that, Rob. I, but man, there there can be petty sometimes when they want to. They I, that just seems like a weird fight to fight. But uh, yeah, they're they're an odd company. You don't know. Yeah, it's it's hard to get a read on that. The, um, the time will come, and it'll be someone like Charlotte or some one of these new girls. Where in the next couple of years. You know, there's no real challenge or maybe the Bellas are not wrestling anymore and and they have a title reign go so long and they're like, oh, you know what? We keep talking about how they're the second longest reign. Maybe we should just give them the longest reign. Like, I think it'll take that in the program where Cole starts mentioning specifically that they're the second longest Divas champion. Right. And someone will get it in their head. And maybe it's Vince like, who was the longest? Oh, that AJ Lee. Well, we got to stop that. Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting question, though. I, I think yeah, I wonder. um, I guess we'll see. I mean, what what would be kind of the time? When when would the threshold be passed where we kind of say is it would it be like two months? You know, if, if she get, if they get through this program with Naomi and Naomi doesn't win, then you can kind of say, ah, you know what, maybe right? Oh. Is that kind of what you would use as the parameter? Oh, if Naomi doesn't win in their first singles match in the next singles match, I should say together, then yeah, Nikki's keeping it for the whole time. She may retire with it for all I know. Like it may be four years down the road where Dana Brooke comes up on the main roster and is like, oh, I found this belt in the trash. No, she's already going to be on the main roster. We already booked that. We did. We did book it. That's true. Right. But in case they don't listen to us. That's true, which would be, I mean. Very slight. Very slight. Like right now I'm in Jeff Jarrett's ear. I'm not quite in Vince's ear. <laughs> so we'll see how that goes. But uh, yeah. Are you the new Heavenly Bodies guy? You're the one that wants. <laughs> I, I will say. Uh, no, I won't say. Continue. Okay. It's <laughs> all right. Uh, Elimination Chamber, we mentioned a little bit about it. Um, we don't have a ton of details right now, but the little bit of details that we do have. Obviously, I don't think it's a complete accident. This thing is going on May 31st, uh, and it won't, it'll won't. it end like what with what 20 minutes to spare to uh, cancel your subscription so you don't automatically get renewed for the next month. So I don't think that uh, was a total accident on WWE's uh, behalf, but uh, what are your thoughts on, on doing this pay-per-view, you know, two months or now at, at this point, special event, whatever the hell you want to call it, you know, two weeks after payback and, and being the second of, of the month of May. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a good idea to have exclusive events like this. Um, yeah. You know, elimination chamber back. That's one of those pay-per-views that when it was an actual pay-per-view, you saw a bump in buys for it. So in theory, you would have people who may not have wanted to, you know, sign up for free for payback, sign up for that one night to get that show. And then, you know, WWE business wise, if they forget to cancel in the next hour, they get recharged because, you know, there's some there's still some confusion out there about like when you sign up during a free month, how much you actually get. I saw people on Twitter talking about if you signed up 
over the weekend, you would get payback and Elimination Chamber and NXT and the next pay-per-view in June all for free. You won't. If, yeah, I was going to say, I, was, I saw that too, and I was very curious yeah. if you guys know what the hell you're if doing, because you, that's not how no, it works. If you yeah. sign up anytime during this month for the first time, you get the rest of this month for free, and then you, on the first of next month, uh, 11 o'clock Eastern, I believe it is, actually, it's on the 31st, you get, you know, build into your next uh, your next month there, so be careful with that. But yeah, I think it's a good idea. I think you're going to have people who sign up, you know, early on before Elimination Chamber for the interest there, and you'll have them, a lot of them, you know, keep signed up for the next month, and they'll pay their 10.99 or 9.99, whatever it is. Uh, it's it's interesting timing. You know, it is a Sunday. I mean, they can't help when the Sundays show up in the month, so it seems to work out. But I'm interested on in the show. Like, I mean, we already have effectively four matches announced. We have a John Cena match. We have the World Heavyweight Title getting defended. We have the two Elimination Chamber matches with the Intercontinental title and the tag team titles. And I think that's a pretty big hook is the fact that this is the first time ever we're seeing a tag team Elimination Chamber where you're going to have three teams, you know, two of them, two of the members in a pod there. And and it'll be interesting to me. Like, this is one of those hooks where you should have, you know, we had the King of the Ring. We have this now for Elimination Chamber. This is a positive sign, in my view, for the uh, for the network. Yeah, this is, I think, what we were all anticipating when they announced the network, these kind of brand specials. I think the Elimination Chamber is a good idea. We somewhat lament they have Hell in the Cell as a regular event every year instead of bringing it out when warranted. But the Elimination Chamber is different. It's hard to, you know, come up with a situation where you need six people and you have to settle a match. And I think having the tag titles is an interesting idea. I'm curious to see how it works. Same with the, presumably, the Intercontinental title and yeah. Well, that's the one you just mentioned, how like we never get these That'd events when they actually are needed. And here we are. We need it for the Intercontinental <laughs> title. Daniel Bryan just relinquished the title. You have a whole bunch of guys who are in that IC title picture. And after this show, you're most likely going to get Dean Ambrose back in that. Like this is actually well timed, even though they didn't plan it that way. Like this is this is an interesting show. Like I, I think I'm more interested in the tag team one just because of the idea of it and the uniqueness of it. But I don't know, Rich, who would you put in this Intercontinental Championship? Because you're going to have six guys. Yeah. I think Neville is absolutely one of them yeah. that you put in there. I, I wonder, the problem is where, where, what level is that title at right now? Is it, it you, you know, where does it stand with the U.S. in that, you know, is it below it? Is it above it? I would say not, unfortunately, because we've just had, you know, sort of a multi-man, you, you know, match at Mania. I see a lot of the same guys. I see a Ziggler. I see a Sheamus. I see... You know, maybe I see a King Barrett. Mm-hmm. I see a because I feel like the U.S. title has been sort of elevated a little bit to the point where some of those guys don't make sense quite right now as a U.S. champion, especially while John Cena is holding it, and presumably if he you know continues to hold it, I'd say maybe a Neville, a Ziggler, a Sheamus. Oh, man, see, I, I want to get some surprises in there, but it's really hard to figure out who would be sort of one that we wouldn't think about because I feel like all those guys are pretty obvious. Yeah, Neville, um, Sheamus, Barrett, and. Uh... I would put Ambrose. I put Ambrose. Oh, not Cesaro. Sorry. Yeah, that, that's. I, I think Ambrose, Ambrose is going to be yeah. in there. And who's the one I'm forgetting? Dolph Ziggler. Yep, that's five. Now, do you fill it with you know the ones that we had at WrestleMania with an R Truth or a Stardust? Do you bring someone up from NXT? <laughs> I don't fill it with Stardust. I can assure you <laughs> that's that. never well, the answer. Hey, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not saying whether I would do this. I'm saying what will they Although do? Although Stardust hanging out in a pod for like 20 minutes could be pretty entertaining. I, I see Stardust coming in there. Being in the pod and like disappointed when his pod opens, like he just wants right. to hang out <laughs> there like, no. with his thoughts. Yeah. yeah. Uh, 
is Sami Zayn okay? <laughs> can he can he go? <laughs> well, that just goes to the narrative. Like we love yeah. putting guys who are just hurt in these dangerous matches. You know, Daniel Bryan comes back. Let's put him in a ladder match. Christian comes back from a head issue. Let's put him in a ladder match. Sami Zayn comes back for a shoulder injury. Yeah, let's have him take bumps on solid steel. Why not? Yeah, right. Fuck it. Not my body, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I wonder who that last one would be. I it probably you're probably right. It's probably just an our truth, a, a stardust, maybe with that little level. But uh, one, one thing I did want to talk about, and, and Joe, I'm kind of curious on your thoughts as well. Uh, Rob, you talked about it a little bit of the fact that what we're looking at at Elimination Chamber and what the featured matches are. And and I think that's a really cool aspect of what they've done with the network as of late. And it's really kind of, in a lot of ways, understanding, you know, who these who they're marketing to with this network. And I think uh, an event like the King of the Ring, you know, tugging on some heartstrings of kind of the older fans, but then also featuring those other, you know, secondary guys, the work rate guys, that sort of stuff. And this one, I see the same thing, too. It's not going to be a world heavyweight title, you know, a bunch of big plotting big men, big show and Kane and all those guys. It's going to be the tag division which is filled with guys that you know our type of fans quote-unquote love and then the ic title which is another one joe what are your thoughts on that do you think that's pretty cool that they're that's the featured aspect of this i i I think that's i think it's genius and i think it's absolutely the way they should have been marking this thing from the beginning yeah you don't want to i guess burn your bigger main event like you don't want to put brock lesnar on the free show you want to keep them where there's still pay-per-view out there and whatever limited form it is but i think this is uh yeah i can't wait for um like you say, we're more excited. talking myself into this way more than payback, and I, I don't fuck uh, payback. By I the way. Why did we spend an hour on that? God, I don't know. But no, I can't wait for this. I think it's a great idea, and uh, yeah, I think it'll be very exciting. I have breaking yeah, news. Uh oh, oh no! I'm breaking. Very sad for the fans in Greenville, South Carolina. The so when they announced here in Corpus Christi that they're bringing Elimination Chamber live at night. On Sunday, May 31st, there was another WWE house show scheduled for Greenville, South Carolina in the afternoon, the same day. It has been postponed. So for you fans in Greenville, South Carolina, all because of the WWE Network, you now have to wait (laughs) until November 16th. But your house show has become a Monday Night Raw. So hooray for you. Let's face it. If they were splitting crews with one side getting a pay-per-view, you would have been looking at like... Ascension <laughs> Iron Man matches here, so maybe count your blessings. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Wait, what? That would have been sweet. I don't know why oh, you're. Uh, would they wrestle each other or <laughs> like a gauntlet or how, how? How are you doing this here, uh, Mister Booker Man, <laughs> Mister Pencil Man over there? <laughs> no, the Ascension against. Um, they would beat everyone and then have to wrestle each other because they beat everyone. <laughs> There's no one There's left no in one this left. world. They fight fans. I'm talking <laughs> myself into this. I was. This is pretty sweet. That was pretty good. I was interested in the idea of them running like John Cena in the second match of that house show. Like they run all the guys who need to be at the pay per view early on in that Greenville house show, and then all the guys who aren't needed for the pay per view would main event the show, and your main event would be like a Zack Ryder versus uh, I don't even know who, Sami Zayn uh, or someone from NXT. Like I was interested in seeing what they would do with that, but they have decided. What, to when was that uh, house show supposed to start? Because that's that's not an easy trip. One, there, o- one o'clock, a- one o'clock Eastern, and the uh, okay. pay per view was going to start at eight o'clock Eastern, so uh, seven o'clock their time. So I mean, there was time in between. You got about yeah, a four hour flight or so to get those. Yeah, I mean, that's yeah it was tough. So they just decided. Private to, jet, baby. Yeah. How many fit on the uh, WWE corporate jet? Yeah. Well, what are you going to do? I just know, and we're not going to give spoilers here, I don't think, but I'm just, uh, I'm living and dying by these ROH results because War of the Worlds Night One is going on right now, Rich. 
and mm-hmm, Joe. It is. It's going on right now, and I am looking furiously at all these results, just wanting to know what happens, and I can't talk about it, and it's driving me nuts. We can just wait to the video to show up. Never mind. <laughs> we'll come back in a week and a half and discuss this. I don't know. So. Yeah, we'll see if this video is even up by the time you do your next show with Joe. It's not going to. I mean, that, that's that's one of the prevailing thoughts, and it's just so weird, too. And 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 we've had some people talk to us as well is that, you know, Kelly and because that was one of the things I assumed is, OK, I don't know. Maybe, you know, these guys aren't going to be around during the week to do live commentary or whatever. Well, Kelly and Carino or the commentary team is there. So I have no idea now why these are taking as long as they are, other than the fact that the camera guy is also the editor and they're not want to pay anybody else to do it. And so you have to wait a week. But, yeah. Todd, it's, it's weird, but we got to live with it. Yeah, we're just spoiled little brats, but that's okay. We should be spoiled little brats, right? I already admitted sure. to it already, so I'm I'm spoiled. I live with it. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna be spoiled. All right. Well, we are spoiled because next week we get a yet another NXT Takeover special. Uh, one that looks great on paper, maybe not up to the par of the other ones, <laughs> it, but it doesn't look great on the doctor's table. No, that's gonna be the <laughs> the interesting issue is, uh, and that might be our, our our preview might sound really silly here in a little bit, but yeah, we're a week out and. Um, I we, think we have one match we that where everybody is like living one match, like- <laughs> one match that is not only announced so far on TV, but that if you knew what was going on outside of it might actually end up in the ring that night. One match. And that's the end. Rob, you're killing this preview. You're really killing this preview. <laughs> we, oh, there are other matches we can talk about and we'll live in a fantasy land where everything's going to happen all honky dory. But Joe, are you okay with the fantasy land living? Or I, you want I feel like I missed my homework assignment or something. <laughs> I went to class. I don't know what's going on. Okay, well, we'll kind of clue you in then here. We'll, we'll learn together here right. uh, for a bit. But anyway, NXT TakeOver Unstoppable. This is coming on next uh, next Wednesday. Uh, by the time we're recording this, probably a week out from when you're going to listen to this. But uh, yeah, we have three matches officially announced, and this is this is officially on NXT, yep. you know, TV of, of what you've seen so far. So we won't, you know, kind of spoil anything. But the three matches we have: uh, the women's title match, Sasha Banks, the champion, defending against Becky Lynch. We have the NXT title number one contenders match. It's Finn Balor, Hideo Itami, and Tyler Breeze. And then the main event is the NXT title match: Kevin Owens, the champion, defending against Sami Zayn. Now the interesting part. Uh, Sami Zayn appears to be quite hurt. And uh, w- Rob, what, are, what do we know about him right now? Is, is He seems to be a little bit over. We, we know about another guy. We'll talk about him in a sec. But Zayn, what's kind of the thought on that? I mean, we, we, I kind of feel like we're probably going to see him. But it's, it's I, I don't know. It's a weird well, one right I now. I think we're going to see him. And only for the fact that he wrestled a match with this injury already. Mm-hmm. It's going to it's all going to come down to whether or not the doctors will let him. And if they actually take all this medical stuff super seriously, <laughs> if the doctors like medicine. Well, because here's the thing. I mean, yeah. Sami Zayn could go. <laughs> Don't get sued, He's, everyone. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if WWE should probably just Their listen doctors to the doctors are super. Stuff, yeah. Well, there, that's <laughs> the issue. I mean, if all oh, right, we're on a podcast. Right. right. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. Guys, guys, if the doctors. <laughs> are saying what his injury is and that he can't work and like they have to check this out, then of course it's not going to happen. Like if, if it's a torn rotator cuff, you know, obviously the injury happened when he was, you know, pumping up the crowd during his entrance on his raw match with John Cena, but whether they think it's serious enough to where he shouldn't be wrestling or, you know, if the prognosis is it can heal with rest and maybe you just take it easy for two weeks and see how it goes. Like I always love that. Like rest it for two weeks, see how it is on this one night. And if you're hurt afterwards, then maybe we need surgery. Like, that's what I'm kind of hoping goes on here. Like, we'll see how you can work on it because you only have to do this one match. Um, But I mean, this is an important one. 
Like this is one not only for Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens because they've been building it, but also for Sami Zayn to prove that he can go out there and be a guy that they can count yeah. on. And it would just suck if it, you know, if it happens that it can't take place because of this injury. Um, and you kind of have kind of have this issue where if Sami Zayn's out for a long period of time after his big raw debut, like you start worrying about what politics are backstage, what they start thinking of Sami Zayn and wonder and wonder if they can trust him. Right. And, and just the NXT brand as well. I mean, you mentioned, you know, how much this means to Sami Zayn and how much it means to kind of Kevin Owens as well. The brand as well. I mean, this is this has been the big story now for the past, you know, three or four months has been this story and the culmination of this story. So for it to just not happen or, or just happen, you know, and the match is just not that good or whatever. I mean, that that's that's big because they've come to, you know, fairly or unfairly. Those have been the expectations that the main event of these NXT specials are going to be great, great, great matches. And, yeah. and you know, if, if we have a guy who's kind of hobbled and can't do everything he can do, I mean, yeah, that 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 kind of, it's that first dent in the in the armor of, of the NXT TakeOver special. And so. what about this week, too, where Sami Zayn was one of the key faces on the NXT Northeast tour? And this is a guy who, again, will miss all of these shows in Philadelphia and New York and, and all their, the big touring plans of Triple H where he wants to take this out of Florida. Sami Zayn is one of the big faces of this. Yeah. He was not on the Columbus show. He was not on the Cleveland show. He wasn't able to do San Jose. Like this is a guy who hasn't been able to do any of these shows yet. Like any of them outside of Florida. And now he might be missing a takeover. And you really start to wonder exactly how long do they wait for this shoulder injury before they just start pushing him lower in NXT and God forbid, not even getting him up to the main roster because they can't trust the guy. All right, so then unfortunately, Joe, you, you'll probably be more upset possibly by this. Uh, the number one contenders match, Finn Balor, Hideo Itami, and Tyler Breeze. Uh, Itami will not be there because he is out for, what, the next six to eight months. Yeah. yeah. It's insane. Yeah, it's insane. I, 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 I was going to say, as much as I like would like to have him in the match, I think if you just do a Tyler Breeze, um, Finn Balor match, I think that'll be fine. I really like Tyler Breeze. He's <laughs> really good, and he... Yeah, oh, I agree. Holds up with all these guys, and I wanted to make the point, like, if Sami Zayn can't be here, that's bad for a couple reasons, but I don't think it's catastrophic towards the show, because there's a lot I think they could do. They could have, you know, you could just have Mystery Man Uha Nation show up and challenge Kevin Owens, and I think that would be a really good match. It'd be something exciting people would, would talk about, and I just think, like, there's a lot of talent in NXT that... You know, it could even weather the loss of Zayn for a bit, as bad as it would be for the brand and personally for Sami Zayn. I really hope he's okay to go, and I hope he does go. But I'm not terribly concerned about this, even with worst-case scenarios. Yeah, the match itself, I think, can survive. It's just having a Tommy and just a guy who finally was kind of figuring it out and finally looked like he was getting somewhere. You know, at least starting to kind of understand his character a little bit and understand, you know, how to work. Because the first few months of a Tommy, I mean, I was super disappointed when you see this guy and you can understand. You can see what's going through his head as well is that this is a guy who, who you know, Joe, and you, you know, especially I mean, a guy who yeah. lived and died by being just the, the little dickhead, you know, stiff as hell, little dickhead. And like they, they take him here and he's just completely not that. And then, you know, we get the NXT conference call and, and Triple H, you know, says that he took him aside and said, hey, look, I hired you because of who you are. You know, go be that. And then all of a sudden. It was it was you could tell it was almost cathartic. I mean, instantly you saw the little bits of a Tommy kind of coming out and, the, the you know, the the harder edge the, the what you kind of expect out of a Kenta was starting to kind of come there. And then now this happens. And now, I mean, six to eight months is just like a, we're not talking, you know, 
the Sami Zayn thing, we're not sure. Or, you know, it might, it's not just one event. It's, not, it's six to eight months. It's just, my, oh, God. It's just like, that's a huge development point for a guy who's not a spring chicken either. I mean, he's not like, this guy isn't 24 years old. I mean, this it, 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 this is a guy who's in his prime right now. So this, that sucks. This is the problem with getting these higher named independent and foreign talent who have been working this hard style for so long. They've made a name for themselves. They're very experienced, but they're also beat to hell because they've been working this style, you know, and they're right. not in their we talk about a guy in the main road, you know, Daniel Bryan is another yeah, guy who exactly. you know, 12, 13 years of just busting his ass. And now he comes here and his body's broken down. He's just done. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's very disappointing, but I'm with you. I think Balor versus Tyler Breeze is, is fine as a match, but uh, Rob, maybe I'll ask you first and then we'll kind of go to Joe. Uh, thoughts on who wins this one. Is this, is this Balor's time to finally get up there? Or are they going to do another, you know, Tyler Breeze oh. title Ty- I, I just can't imagine Tyler that. Breeze versus Kevin that. Owens doesn't make sense. So that's, that's, no, that's not just that's not it, good. It's yeah, not that w- what they're going to do. I, I assume that Finn Balor was going to be the one uh, to win this match when it was the three way. I assume he'll still be the one. And I assume we'll get Kevin Owens and Finn Balor. if Sami Zayn can't go. I mean, if Owens and Zayn happens, I think Owens will win. If this triple threat happens, because in fantasy right now, it's still the scheduled match. I think Baylor wins and Finn Balor is probably going to win a singles match with Tyler Breeze. Although I agree hundred percent with Joe Tyler Breeze is great. Uh, he doesn't yeah. get the praise as everyone else because he's not this indie name that came in and he's not this guy that we were so excited to finally see in WWE land. But this guy's been the MVP of NXT this calendar year. Like he's absolutely been the MVP of this group, especially now when you have other injuries taking place. Um, but I would go with Balor and Owens. I mean, they could do something. You know, we got the vignette last week on NXT that, you know, one man nation, Uha nation is coming in. We don't have a name for him yet. He's coming soon at this point. I don't think they were going to debut him on this show, but they very well could now with the uh, lack of some of the bigger talent because of injuries. Um, I don't think you would put him right in the title match here. Uh, but yeah, I just think you go safe with Owens and Balor. I think it'll be a match that people are excited for during the show. And it allows you to give Owens a win against a guy he's already beaten. And and Balor, I don't think, loses too much beating him or getting beat two times in a row. I'll move on to a match that I think I mean, the only match where nobody is wounded. This one better happen. Uh, yeah, I was going to say, presumably we're, we're good here. But yeah, we got uh, Sasha Banks, the champion, defending against Becky Lynch. Uh, nice story being told here. A match that I absolutely, even before all these kind of injuries happened, a match that I would say probably, and I don't, I don't know if sleeper is the right term, uh, just a match that could easily surpass all the others and just be a really, really great match. Now might be, you know, might be relied on to be the match and really carry this entire event because you know both these, you know, both these gals are healthy. Yeah, I, thoughts on this match, Joe? I, I don't know if you've been keeping up a little bit with with my, you know current NXT TV, oh, yeah, but I've, this is fun. This is going to be a lot, a lot of fun, and, and, and no doubt in my mind it's going to be a good match as well. No, every Wednesday is uh, uh, L. Ray and uh, NXT night for me. So absolutely, oh, yeah. yeah. The segment, they, the contract signing, which is such a passe segment in wrestling, I thought was excellent last week. They made it work. They I know. I, was, I, I they said it started in this a contract signing. I was like, no, but they made it work. Nope. More than the WWE TV's done in, in many, many, many you years. Know, Wikipedia lists this as a no disqualification match. I'm not sure if that's the case or not, or what kind of impact that would have, but that's something to uh, consider. But this is a fresh matchup. I can't wait for it. I think it's going to be great. I think uh, both competitors are awesome. And this, like you said, this everyone's okay in this match. Everyone's healthy. So this might be the one that has to carry the show, which it very well may. Rob, I know you're a big fan of this program and, and, and this match, you know, coming up. What, what are your thoughts here? Oh, yeah. Big fan of the program. Just I, It's one of those where, you know, Becky Lynch is someone 
I've been following since, you know, 2004, 2005, when she was coming over here for Shimmer and doing independence. Like, it's great to see how far some of these people have come. And uh, I think it'll be excellent in the ring. I don't think it quite has the hype of all the uh, Charlotte Sasha Banks matches, but I certainly think it can deliver up to that level. Uh, a lot of talk of people thinking like if Sami Zayn can't go, should they put the women's title match in the main event? Ooh, yeah. Maybe you do that. If you have an NXT title match, whether it's unannounced or whatever, if you have Owens defending the title, that has to be your main event. I mean, there's no question. You put the NXT championship on the top of the show. If you're not going to have an NXT title because of the Sami Zayn injury and maybe just a regular Owens match, then you have to put Sasha Banks and Becky Lynch on top. You just have to. I, I don't know if these two women, I think Sasha Banks is there. I don't think Becky Lynch is quite there yet to where you could put those two women on top of an NXT show and it come off as well as you could have with Charlotte uh, and Sasha. Um, but I'd be interested in seeing if they do it. I mean, do you think that's possible? Do you guys? Because I don't think it's possible they would do that right now with these two women. But do you think it's possible they could put them in the main event? I don't think it'll happen. I think it's possible. And I actually wouldn't mind seeing it. I think that's very that actually would be progressive. And uh, yeah, right. And that's yeah, that's I was going to say that's that's Joe and I, uh, Joe Lanz and I. That's the biggest thing we always say is that you want, you know, progression to wrestling. It's that of saying, you know what? Hey, you know what our main event is? It's these women because these women are really, really awesome. You know, they don't need to be fighting guys. They don't need to be doing, you know, Jack and the Bing stuck and, you know, David versus Goliath type matches. I mean, that 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 stuff's whatever. Right? But having them and, and maybe coming out and saying and, and you could do that as saying, you know, Sami Zayn is, was not medically cleared or whatever. And then, yeah, you know what? And, and Rob, you brought up an interesting point of, of what do you do if there is an NXT title match and Owens has to defend it. I don't know. I mean, yeah, you, like you said, it it sort of ha- it kind of has to be the main event, but maybe you do something where Owens starts out the show and comes out and says, you know, Zayn can't come here, so I'll fight whoever, and and it, somebody pops up. I mean, I, I don't know if you make it a debuting someone or you know just anybody kind of comes out and, and challenges them, and then that can sort of be the opener, and you don't necessarily say that it was not you know that it wasn't the featured match, but rather that it just sort of happened as as a, a matter of circumstance or whatever. I don't know, and then give them the main event. For, yeah, I don't know, but yeah. I, I think. If there's any time to do it, I think this is the time. I mean, this is really a golden opportunity for them to, to kind of pull the trigger on that. And that I think it'd be great. I mean, give them the, the the 30 minutes or whatever. Give them the big amount of time. I think they could absolutely knock it out of the park. Then again, I don't know. I don't know what the plans are. I mean, that's the thing. We don't know. We know they kind of work on these matches when they're doing the, the, the runs around Florida and the little house shows or whatever. And I know I've seen them facing each other. I, are they ready to go, you know, 30 minutes if needed? Or I, it's just it's such a weird scenario right now with this this event, which on paper looks great. But now, you know, we review it and we we talk about these guys and it's man. I mean, what's left? And, and there's a few other matches as well, Rob. I know you've kind of mentioned this and I know you've been following it a little bit. Matches that haven't been formally announced on TV, but that we're presumably going to yeah. see. Because you know, even if you're not, I mean, we're not doing spoilers here. If you just go back in the last couple of weeks of TV, you would assume that we'll get probably Blake and Murphy defending the tag titles against Enzo and Big Cass. Uh, we have Rhino who delivered the challenge to Baron Corbin that we're probably going to get Baron Corbin and Rhino. Uh, you could easily do a six man tag. If you don't want to put the NXT tag team titles on the show, you could do Alexa Bliss and the dubstep Cowboys against Enzo Cass and Carmella. <laughs> you could do that. Um, what I what I think people are forgetting here is that maybe just maybe CJ Parker quit a little bit too early because this could have been the perfect time for his rematch with Kevin Owens. Because if you don't have Sami Zayn, who else's program with Kevin Owens? Alex Riley's out. Where's a Riley? Alex Riley's out. Did he get a surgery yet? To my dismay, Alex Riley is gone for a little while. 
All right. Oh, tell the surgeon to stop. What did they already do? They already cut they him. They already cut him. Damn it. They already cut him. He's trying out for Damn tough it. enough now. Like that's all he can do. But <laughs> Kevin Owens and CJP, why not? Um, and, and then again, the question is whether or not they're going to debut Uha Nation on this show. I think that's more of a TV debut that they'll build up to at some point. Uh, but again, if they're worried about what they got for the show, you could always see Uha Nation. You might be able to see someone else. You might see another tag team match on there with like uh you know, the shoot nation guys going up against someone else on the tag team division. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, it, we, there's questions, you know, we might find out what happens on NXT TV, you know, this week on Wednesday, but right now I just, because of what we know is going on, there's really only one match we can actually look forward to. Cause we don't know what else is happening. It's one of those <laughs> crazy things. Like this is what happens when you tape four weeks of TV, you know, before this big event, you know, sometimes injuries happen. Sometimes people get called up. Sometimes, you know, plans just change. And we're going to see how WWE and the NXT creative team gets over that hump for the first time, really, in the last year. Yeah, and, and maybe, Joe, I'll, I'll bring this point up to you. And then, Rob, I'm interested in your thoughts as well. You know, we look at this event and we look at this roster or whatever. We take two guys out and now we're we're scrambling to figure out what the hell to make of this card, who else to put on here, what to do or whatever. Is that just a you know circumstances of any you know professional wrestling organization loses two of their top you know five to ten guys or whatever they're going to be in shambles or is it say a lot about NXT that these two guys are out and now we're like oh 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 I don't even know what matches to book or like I don't even know what to do here like what do you think is there something more to read into that or is it just kind of it is what it is I think it just kind of is what it is if you took the top two guys like you said out of any other promotion you'd would have a pretty adverse effect and I actually said I think they'll be pretty okay with this it's going to hurt having a tommy out long haul especially if zane's out in the long term as well but it's just kind of just some bad luck right now i think yeah it's rob what are, what are your thoughts oh, nxt is the ultimate like next man up company you have one hour of tv to fill you have plenty of guys who weren't being used to the fullest of their capabilities because all the time was going to owens and Sami Zayn, and you know and and all these and hideo Itami getting you know weekly matches there will be people who can fill these spots. I'm not worried about that. I think what's a bigger issue here and not really a problem per se, uh, but it's just because all these injuries happen during their TV taping in between that and this pay-per-view. So we're all like, what's going to happen here because they've already filmed all their TV. Like yeah. if these injuries happen and then there was a live TV show on Wednesday, everything would be settled and we would be okay going into the pay-per-view. We would know what's happening. We can have those plans change on the TV show. But because there's no TV now that can be retaped in between this, uh, you know, this show and the pay-per-view is you're going to kind of be stuck. You're going to have all of this stuff building on this TV this week and then going to have to change it all at the pay-per-view. So it's just one of those weird situations where you get caught in between TV tapings. But as far as filling Sami Zayn's void and filling Hideo Itami's void, I don't think Itami's void really is that hard to fill. Honestly, mm-hmm. I, I mean, he's one of the big names that they signed and everything, but there will be people who can fill his role. Sami Zayn was off of TV for four weeks on NXT. And I don't think that many people really missed the guy because we've seen pretty much everything that Sami Zayn could do. We're ready for him to move on to raw and SmackDown. We don't necessarily want him to stay in NXT for too long. Uh, yeah, we would love to see an Owen Zayn program, but if it didn't happen uh, all the year this year, I don't think that many people are upset about it. So these two guys being hurt, yes, it hurts, but these are also the two guys where I think their roles can be filled by others, maybe not as well, uh, but somewhat equally. 
Uh, move on to our last little WWE topic we have here, last uh, kind of American topic we have. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the Roman Reigns documentary. It was on WWE Network, and, and uh, I guess it sort of rely, it also kind of works with the the E60 uh, documentary that was uh, last week, the, the or E60 segment, rather, uh, talking about WWE Performance Center and dev- WWE Development, NXT, and all that sort of stuff. And the Roman Reigns doc, where if you haven't seen it, it's the 24-7 style. Uh, follow Roman Reigns, you know, in his journey to uh, WrestleMania, the journey, you know, during WrestleMania, you know, and, and in this case, you know, it was obviously built for him to sort of win. And then the decision, you know, a few days later was made to not have, you know, to have Seth Rollins go over at WrestleMania. So how he kind of dealt with that and, and how his family dealt with that and all this sort of stuff. I thought and, and you guys have both seen this documentary. I thought it was spectacular. I thought it was a really, really, really good look at Roman Reigns. And and that's a guy I've really never quite connected with. But immediately following that, I said, this guy's a really cool dude. And it's 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 so funny how little they can kind of get these guys over on WWE TV or, or at least how little they can sort of build these guys' characters and really make you feel for these guys or really make these people feel like they're human beings. And then you watch this documentary, which is, what, 30 minutes, 40 minutes or whatever. And when it was over, I said, wow, that's a really cool guy, and I really like him. And then I feel bad booing him and you know rooting against him because he's a cool dude. Uh, what were your thoughts on this, Doc? Uh, maybe I'll start with Rob, and then a little bit we'll, we'll kind of get into a little bit about the, the character building that WWE TV has right now. But what do you think of this, Doc? And the documentary was excellent. They've produced some really good documentaries on WWE Network from the Daniel Bryan uh, build up to his title win at WrestleMania 30, uh, the Ultimate Warrior one that they showed after he passed away, uh, the original Shield one where it was the uh, build up to uh, I forget which pay-per-view it was. I think it was SummerSlam last year, but they do really good jobs on these. I mean, they take it seriously, which is great. Like it's they're not throwing it together all willy nilly just because it's a network thing. Like, let's just fill 60 minutes of content. It doesn't have to be great. They're putting it out there like they're building a DVD and wanting to sell it. Um, so I loved it for that fact. And it just goes into the point that when you get these guys in their real atmosphere, they come ac- across so much better than when you're feeding Roman Reigns fairy tale lines to say in the middle of a WWE Raw ring. Um, I think that point hit more with the E60 when they were getting Adam Rose over to a huge degree more than <laughs> right. more than they will ever on WWE TV. And like we're in the reality area era. Uh, this is what gets me all the time is that this is being called the reality era and that's how it'll be referred to. Well, one, a yeah. few people call it that. <laughs> well, idiots, WWE does. I, that's, I know. They want I, this to be the, the, the WWE reality era and they could not be more far from reality right now. Like, I, I mean, I know everything is social media wise and that's why they think everything is real because the fans know what's going on. But every character that comes up is so fake and so unbelievably goofy that you're never going to get anyone over. I mean, you put Johnny Curtis on TV as more of himself and he's going to get over you put Adam Rose after this E60 documentary. I don't care if his name is Ray LaPon or Adam Rose or Leo Kruger or whatever it is. You can give all these guys fake names because people don't give a shit, give a crap about the names. All right. Dolph Ziggler has no swearing, no swearing on the voice of wrestling. Podcast, Dolph Ziggler right? has yeah. been, you know, he's gotten over. People don't remember how ridiculous that name was at first. They don't remember the handshaking gimmick. They remember him because at least Dolph Ziggler is kind of a real person nowadays. Like you got to have some semblance of what these guys really are. I mean, the attitude era was more reality than anything else, just because you had guys acting like you thought they would act in real life. And the E60 documentary just put that over with Adam Rose, big cast. There's a there's a Colin Cassidy segment that I think was online only, and it was excellent because you get to see these guys interact in real life. I just wish they would kind of do that and maybe use the network for that. You know, like more of these documentaries are. Maybe make the on-screen persona not so goofy. You don't have to give everyone's backstory, everyone's life story on Raw. 
but point them to the network where you can see more of these guys, you know, and, and just kind of have some synergy there. And that'll get people over more than they ever will. The Ryback has been more over when he's speaking from the heart out there on raw than when he's reading rehearsed lines. Same for Roman Reigns. The crowd gets behind Roman when they think he's actually speaking like the crowd can tell the crowd can tell when you're not being fed bullshit lines. And when you're speaking as you are a real person and they get behind that and WWE, the writers want to, you know, make sure their jobs are safe by writing all this stuff and not letting the people talk to themselves that they think they're doing their job. Like we're giving you lines because we're writers. Sometimes you just got to just, you know, Tell them where you want to end it. Let them go out there. If they fail, they fail. If they succeed, it's going to succeed far more than what any writer's lines can succeed with. What I found most interesting about the Roman Reigns special is that it was ultimately about failure and how this guy who was set up, he's going to, he wins the Royal Rumble, he's going to the main event of WrestleMania, and he fails in the end. It doesn't, you know, his fault or not, it doesn't get into that. And the way it affected him, I think, got far more sympathy than you know than the usual ah, i lost uh, i'll get him next time you know the the idea that right. baby faces can't be upset because then they come across as crybabies when you know you want people to act like human beings and when you fail on such a big stage it's upsetting and i think that works more if you look at all you know all the other documentaries they've done like the daniel bryan one you know it was a celebration of this great achievement and this was one specifically designed to garner sympathy, and I think it did an, an excellent job. And I would love to see, like, honestly, I think you could do one of these for anyone on the roster. Like, do one for Heath Slater. Like, what's, you know, what's he like? You know, his position on the card. What's what's his average day like? I think, you know, there's a wealth of untapped potential. They have the platform and the network. They could launch anything, and you know, I would love to see more of this. And you could absolutely too do this for heels. Like if you want to get someone over as a guy the crowd's not supposed to like, but that they truly want to see get beat by one of these other good guys, you can do it for heels. I don't know if either of you ever saw uh, the Lance Storm show. Uh, I forget what it was called, but when he was training oh, people. Hurt. Yeah, the world of hurt. Yeah, world of hurt. Yeah. I mean, how over as a heel did Sylvester Lafort, the French stallion. Oh, get? absolutely. <laughs> right. Because yeah. you wanted to see this guy get beat up. Like even Emma now, like Emma came off as a bad girl on that show. Someone who was conceited all about looks and didn't really care what she was doing in training because she knew she was going to be a star. You can do this for heels. It's not just showing real life to get people over as a baby face. You can do it both ways. And a guy like Heath Slater, I think if you showed him in real life, how he was, you know, this country rocker who thought he was, you know, all by himself, but making music like that, it would be an extension of the character, but something more in depth that people can actually sink their teeth into. You'd actually be building characters instead of telling everyone what this character is and hoping they buy it because audiences these days and raw ratings are showing this pay-per-view buys are showing this. People aren't buying what WWE is telling us to buy. We want to see it. And we're not seeing it on Raw, but we're finally seeing it sometimes in these documentaries. And, and Joe mentioned Roman Reigns failing. I think that was probably the best thing that could have happened. The crowd was upset that Roman was getting the hot shot to stardom. They needed to see him fail. Now that they've seen him fail, he can climb back up again. And the crowd's not going to be so hesitant because they saw, okay, this guy did fail. He's still providing us you know, entertainment in the ring. We should maybe get behind this guy, see if he can get back up there. And I think the crowd response has shown that um, you just got to use these documentaries, not just once in a yeah. while. You got to use them more regularly. 
I'm right with you guys. I think, and and Joe, I think you brought up a great point of the fact that you could do this with anybody on the roster. And I think that that's it speaks to a, something of the, that we've talked about at length on Voice Versa, and, and people have talked about it before. It's not you know just us or whatever. That just the whole production of a raw and the whole way it's produced and the whole way the show is, it just so much needs an overhaul. And even if you even if you want to say, okay, look, they're not going to change it. They're stuck in their ways. Raw's the way they are, and that you know whatever. Then there's no reason the network can't just be filled with these, and they don't have to be long hour long really great productions or whatever they can just be 30 minutes of a guy sort of talking about why he does what or, or you know like you said you can do it this same style and just crunch it into 15 minutes and 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 i think rob you brought up a great point about just the fact that you can just do this with any of the characters you can have heat slater just come in and be his persona that he is on, on on tv but then do it in a serious manner where he takes himself serious and he says yeah you know he's you know looking in front of a mirror and like coleman is i mean there's so much little stuff that you can do here so much subtle stuff that can be a lot of fun and i think one of the great examples of that is as of late on nxt tv what kevin owens has been doing has been spectacular his, his sit downs with kevin uh, uh, michael cole rather uh, and the way he was introduced as well where you just have this guy who's who's he's sitting down he's being a real human being and saying look yeah you know you could say i beat up Sami Zayn because i hated him no i did it for my fan and like it's frustrating because you know now nah, you know there's something that the reason you beat him up is because you know he's your old friend or whatever but he won't say it and that's like just classic like old school storytelling of, of, of a bad guy who's who's justified in what he what he's doing that's awful like he's justified in doing what he's bad or whatever and I think there's not enough of that in these guys cutting these promos and doing whatever they do right now in normal TV but you do this sort of style of documentary yeah you have Heath Slater just say you know if he thinks that he's a southern rocker dude or whatever then okay I think people will buy into that more than when they come out on Raw they know that these guys are, are sitting behind a curtain and you know th- th- when they're told to go then they're in their little character and then they go back and they're just normal guys or whatever whereas this I think would go a long way and it's 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 funny we call it the you know you said we call it the reality era and it's the farthest thing from it and there's so many ways that they could do that and make that better and they, they just they choose not to and, and I think these documentaries were real eye openers of seeing just what you could do here because yeah they got more in, in, in those 30 minutes and those 60 minutes or whatever they got more out of Adam Rose and more out of Emma and more out of Roman Reigns than than TV has done at all. And that's that's not good. That's really, really, really bad that these little, you know, productions can do that. And now you have to wonder, hey, you know what, do we do more of these? I mean, that that if I'm them, this is a big part of the network now. Oh yeah. Big it part. Ha- 30, it has to be. 15 minute specials, 30 minute specials. Doesn't matter. Just they're they're so effective. And I think universally, I haven't heard one person say, yeah, it was just kind of there, whatever. It didn't matter too much. Everybody that's seen either of those, either the E60 or the Roman Reigns documentary or any of those documentaries, the Daniel Bryan or whatever, they've done so much to get whoever their subject is over. It's incredible. I, I would do one leading into someone like every month there's a pay-per-view. Like follow one particular superstar around for that pay-per-view, whether they're in a meaningful match or maybe even if they're not. Like just follow their road that weekend and do something like that. Have a sit-down interview. Uh, you can do it for NXT people. You can do it for the WWE big shows. Make it more regular so you're not, you know, because that way fans aren't guessing like, oh, do we have a, a special this week or not? Do we who are we you know, focusing on? If you make it a regular thing, people will get excited for it. And then they're like, oh, who's the superstar this week? It's like when Joe is waiting for a podcast to come out and like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. The guests here. I want to hear this podcast. <laughs> you know, I, I want to see the special on Seth Rollins this week or I want to see the special on Rusev and Lana this week. Um And it would just be something that people can look forward to both on the network. And then once you see these guys in real life or at least more real, then you'll look ahead to what they're doing on raw and get a little bit more invested into it because I know people are more invested after seeing that Roman Reigns special 
you know, there are some people that are more invested in seeing the Adam Rose is after E60. And I saw that Adam Rose stuff like I wanted to see what Adam Rose would do next. But of course, because he's Adam Rose, he's not on TV. So I'm like, you just wasted any press you would have gotten from Adam Rose being on E60 because you didn't even put him on TV. Right. What I'm hoping for is the fact that they might actually repackage him in a way that takes advantage of it. And that's why he wasn't on TV. But I'm not really looking as if they're going to do anything about it because they've shown in history that they just don't do anything with it. It, it could it be a problem, though, if, if we sort of talk about having another network and, and Joe, I'm kind of curious on your thoughts on this as well in terms of. So if we do this stuff on the network and we have a weekly special or whatever, but if the TV never changes, does it ever really, you know, it's like kind of a does a tree fall? Yeah, I mean, does if, if they do these specials and they're they're say every week they pick a different guy and they do a 30 minute special on them or whatever. If on TV, like we said, Adam Rose, then the next week they don't do anything with him or they do a special on Heat Slater and the next week nothing changes. Does it matter or will it do anything or do, do you – I tend to think it will to an extent, but I think it, there just needs to be an overhaul of the way they they produce characters on TV, which I, I don't know if they're going to do that. But Yeah, I would say it would have an effect, but not as great an effect as it could have with the television the way it is right now. Right. You, get, you would have to, at least with the characters, I'm not really sure if you'd have to change TV in general, but you would have to change the way you portray some of the people that you would focus on. Like Adam Rose can't be on TV the next week doing the exact same Adam Rose gimmick because then you just get nothing from it. Like he would have to change and be a little bit more similar to how he was portrayed, you know, on one of these specials. And that's why I think the Roman Reigns one works pretty well because Roman's not completely different than what he was portrayed on this special. Like he's a guy who was disappointed he didn't win and now he's getting a shot back at the title to redeem himself. He's not a completely different character. Um, if you were to do one on, you know, Fandango and then he's the dancing fool on Raw, but he's the more serious guy who has a completely different aspect on life on one of these specials, it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. All right. So any final thoughts, Rob? Uh, we're going to get on to the Dragon Gate portion here, but we'll let you go. But any final thoughts or things coming up on Shake Them Ropes this week or, or anything that you guys are doing that uh, people need to be filled in about? Shake Them Ropes, which will be out late Tuesday night, which is tonight uh, or early uh, Wednesday morning. We are going to talk about Harley Race and Ric Flair from Starcade 1983. Uh, we are going to go a little bit more in depth in the NXT stuff and preview some of the matches that uh, we think might happen or where they might go based on different scenarios. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about Elimination Chamber, probably predict what we uh, basically we're kind of going to kind of do what we almost did tonight is not preview payback per se, but <laughs> guess what's going to happen at Elimination Chamber and work backwards. Uh, so we might do a little bit of uh, that. Of course, you can check the video out on YouTube. Voices of slash YouTube is the YouTube channel. I encourage everyone to go there and subscribe. Even if you may not watch the videos, subscribe and help us out. Uh, but, uh, yeah, you can catch us at shake them ropes on Twitter and voices of slash S T R. All right, Rob, thank you for joining us here and, uh, and helping us out with their, uh, the, the lackadaisical <laughs> WWE payback preview. And then the very, very energetic, uh, WWE elimination mm-hmm. chamber preview. So anyway, Rob, thanks uh, for joining us. And yeah, as mentioned at shake them ropes on Twitter and then, uh, voice slash S T R to follow all the shake them rope stuff. Rob, thank you. All right, go Nats. <laughs> there we go. All right. Go you and me now. Uh, big Nationals fan. Probably. He loves Dan Ugla for some reason. Oh, I love okay. Dan Ugla. He's still on the line. Oh, yeah, let's, let's okay. talk shit I'm about Dan Ugla. Oh, no. Do not talk shit about Dan Ugla. Dan Ugla. No, is, is that a real? I've always wondered. Is that a real thing? Do you actually like Dan Ugla? Because oh, that can't be possible. I love Dan Ugla. Ever since the Mariners, or excuse me, the Marlins. Ever since he was on the Marlins, before he was even this, you know, he looks like he's a roided up freak. 
It's kind of short. Right. I mean, if anyone of the mid 2000s independent scene remembers Chad Collier, he looks like Chad Collier. <laughs> That's why I hate him. That's why he I looks exactly like Chad Collier. The metal master. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. The metal master, Mr. Chad sure. Malenko. But dude, it goes up there. He's short. He hits home runs. All his problems. I mean, last, I mean not all the time. Let, let's let's not. <laughs> dude, hits like, home runs. He hit 31 year. Like he's crazy. Okay. But now, right. you know, he had a concussion that wasn't diagnosed two years ago, and that messed him up for a, a while. He's back. He's starting to hit the ball a little bit. He's the backup second baseman for the Nationals. I'm all about this. I didn't think this is a real thing. This is. Oh, no. Dan Ugla. Keep going. No, keep going. My love for Dan Ugla is serious. Carlos really? Rodon okay. has been put into the rotation for the White Sox. So that's yes. pretty exciting. Saw his debut over the weekend. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited about ba- I'm a big baseball fan. I get into the Nationals because I can usually watch a lot of their games. You know, I'm blacked out for the White Sox and blacked out for the Cubs where I live. So. I, mean, I, I can't watch those games. So what, what do I watch? I watch the Dodgers at 10 and I watch the Nationals at seven. And it just so happens that FC, FP Santangelo is the broadcaster for the Nationals. That's not and that person. dude is hilarious. Way better at broadcasting than it was at baseball. So, yeah, I get into my Nationals and Bryce Harper. It doesn't hurt that he's hitting the cover off the ball every night now. Big Nationals fan. What are you going to do? All right. I, I never knew this Dan Ugla thing was a real Dan Ugla but, uh, thing. When, but I, I, when I pimped Dan Ugla on the Twitters, <laughs> it's it real. 100% okay. real. Wow. His name is Dan Ugla. All right. Well, I'm going to edit all this off because this is all garbage. And, if Joe can talk about, you know, Bri- you know, Price over there, you know, messing up his entire team, which I agree on because Price is the worst manager in baseball right now. Just is. Maybe next to uh, Robin Ventura, Robin Ventura manages. Eh, I mean, I know you're harder on Ventura and I kind of am too, because he's <laughs> our guy. But if you look out of that realm, Ryan Sandberg's pretty bad. Price is pretty bad. You know, no one's Buck Showalter. He's the best guy in the game right now. But yeah, I don't know if Joe can talk about the Reds. I can talk a little bit about the Nationals. That's true. You're right. But I'll leave it that. All right. We'll take care. Of Thanks for joining us. Bye. Now I think he's gone, so we can officially talk shit about Dan Ugly. Oh, but thank God that guy's gone. <laughs> I think he's still on the line. Uh-oh. Actually, I meant you fuckers. Oops. <laughs> Would you leave? <laughs> all right, now we hug off. I think so. All right, so welcome back, Ugh. Mr. Joe Gagney. Here, let's uh, let's get into the uh, the the Japanese portion of the show. And and I, I had a question: if you're not here to, if you're not, are you timestamping this or or who's? Because if you're not, here, who's timestamping? I'm not touching like, this shit. I was gonna say you don't timestamp your own because everyone's always like. Everyone always tells me, oh, it's such a, you know, why don't you timestamp your own things? And I'm like, look at Mr. Gay. I mean, he does not timestamp his stuff. Like, nobody wants to re-listen to their own thing. Yeah. Right? Like, people don't get that. The, the timestamping game. My timestamp is like, you know, zero minutes to two hours, 1996 WWF. <laughs> there you right. go. So there you go. Because if you, if you tried, and, and by the way, I didn't mention at the top, but uh, those those are tremendous, tremendous year year recaps. The things you do with you and Justin Shapiro, uh, the Joe versus the Worlds uh, on the particular years of WWF are just awesome. Those I've listened to probably each one of them probably eight times, just because there's there's just the hilarity of you and, and and Justin is such a great combo, and it's just it's such like dry humor, and you got to sort of it's sometimes you miss something on one of them, and then you got to listen to it again to try to get the jokes. I mean, they're they're just fantastic stuff. So for people who haven't checked those out, uh, definitely check them out. Joe versus the World, uh, Joe versus the World right? We'll get you there. Sure. 
Yeah. I know I subscribe to them every time, every every so often when they get uploaded to the channel. But uh, yeah, that the, they're great, great, great assets. And what, when's the next one dropping? Oh, I know they, they unfortunately I, take so long, and I, I hate it. I just get, I get, you know, it makes uh, me so angry that I have to wait. Like, yeah. but then it's such a good surprise. Yes. you know what? I, I I complain, but then there's like that one day. It's like a random Thursday or whatever, and I get to work, and it's like new. I'm like, oh yes, like my day is settled. Like, so on one on one hand, I, I get so frustrated, but on the other, I, I enjoy it. So. Okay. But as, as seriously, if you can get that thing out, because you guys got to you still have to do ninety six, still have to finish yeah, it up, finish right? Ninety six, and we'll be done. Absolutely <laughs> <laughs> done. Around I thought ninety six was going to be a lot better, like because I feel like in retrospect, and I, I haven't really gone through that year in a while. Nineteen ninety six WWF. I feel like in retrospect, I really and and I think a lot of it was because that's when I really became a fan. So I'm I'm very fond of like that era and those wrestlers or whatever. But man, it's really not a very good year. And especially listening to those podcasts and you doing, I'm like, yeah, that, that was a lot of really bad stuff. Yeah, it's amazing the number of people they brought in that were long time contributors that they just gave terrible gimmicks to, like Farouk as a gladiator and you know, kind of sort of the original mankind gimmick and you know. <laughs> I, a goon. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's so many. I mean, you watch these pay-per-views and you just cannot believe. And 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 sometimes I forget guys. I mean, you get you get like you know, you got Pillman in there, and that was a, a little unfortunate that he wasn't able to kind of go when he got in there. But yeah, I mean, that's that's a guy too. That if if all these guys were used to their full abilities and and were healthy, you're talking about a great great lineup of guys. But man, it just gets really dire because just why do you like? Yeah, is that you? Oh, this is the Barry Windham year too, right? Survivor yes, Series '96. We got the, the stalker. stalker. Yeah. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not even a big Barry Windham fan. It's like, come on, like the stalker. Yeah, it's it's, it's especially bad when you compare it to what WCW was doing at the time. You know, with the whole NWO cruiserweight revolution. Mm-hmm. Every single wrestler you can imagine. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry, but uh, anyway, get that up as soon as possible so I can uh, can listen to it and everybody else can. But uh, this is good. We talked about the stalker Barry Windham, and we're going to get to another stalker here in a bit. Oh, we're going to do man. the much, much anticipated Dragon Gate Dead or Alive recap. And and Joe and I will probably talk a little bit about this, Joe Lanz and I, uh, on this week's podcast as well. But but you and I, I mean, people have been kind of clamoring to, for us to talk about Dead or Alive on the show or for you know me or anyone to talk about it. And you've watched it. You, you know, you maybe out uh, before we get into the main event or the, the event as a whole. Thoughts on Dead or Alive? Did you did you enjoy the show? I know there's some people that are kind of in between on it. What was funny is there was a lot of hype around it, and I said like the the, the voice wrestling buzzle meter was was going off for this one. People were going, "Oh, I need to know about this." You know, what what do I need to know? What do I need to do? All this sort of stuff. And I told people Dead or Alive is a weird one to kind of jump into because it's very storyline heavy. So I'm kind of curious on your thoughts as, as as a show. Did you still enjoy it, even if maybe the matches weren't up to par, or were you okay with the matches and okay with the stories and loved it in general? Thought the uh, thought it was is. Good to very good, not great. They've certainly done better shows. Very storyline heavy, as you said. I think mm-hmm. Dragon Gates, they're so interesting. If you look at what the other companies have done this year, they've, you know, big headline making news. New Japan has done, uh, you know, a U.S. pay-per-view. And DDT ran Saitama Super Arena. And Noah has the Suzuki Gun Invasion. And Dragon Gate just keeps chugging along. They're drawing the crowds. They're doing a great job elevating new talent. And they're just kind of doing their thing. And they're very successful at it. All right. Well, kind of. Yeah, I'm. I'm right with you. I thought storyline heavy. I mean, there was there was a few matches here that were kind of disappointing, but I kind of knew going in, or at least there were ones that going in, I, I kind of had a feeling we're going to be disappointing, and they ended up kind of fulfilling that. But I, there was a few matches I really enjoyed, and mm-hmm. one in particular we'll talk about here in a bit that I thought was great, and one that's definitely going to show up on on a match of the month list for me, and you know maybe not a match of the year, but but right in that territory. And then yeah, the main event is 
And I warned people because there was a lot of people, like I said, who this was kind of their first show of Dragon Gate. And I said, you know what? The main event is, man, you're really not going to like it if you if you don't know anything about what's going on. And we'll talk about the You know, you know this is obviously the big hair versus mask cage match elimination madness. But, yeah, if, if you don't know much about Dragon Gate and have never seen one of those before, I can't imagine what you're thinking when guys are like squirt, you know, shooting squirt guns at people and there's flags everywhere. And you're like 20 guys are are, are invading a cage match and, and throwing powder at each other. Like, I don't know what you think. So but uh, I enjoy it for the spectacle. I, mean, I think I kind of go in knowing it's not a match and I never even try to rate it or even consider it a match because it's not. It's a storyline vehicle for the next year and and doesn't really work as a pure okay you know what was this spot or i mean god forbid anybody that does a review of this and actually tries to do play-by-play of that cage match i you're, you're out of your mind i i like just so much happens and it's so out of this world that yeah it's, it's hard to really contextualize in that way indeed should we start the uh, beginning here yes let's start off are you the official uh because I, yeah, I usually let joe land to do it are you the mr uh pronunciation oh, for the well, dragon i'm guys? sure i'll butcher this i'll do it no i mean i, I can do yeah, it how about you, you handle this because I don't know if you can do the – can you do the Mr. QQ, the full name? I can never do it. No, not very well. <laughs> okay. Well, then I'm going to call Mr. QQ and everyone's going to be okay with that because um, – anyway, yeah, the opener here, Jimmy Conda, Mr. QQ, the Dolphin Man, uh, Super Shiash versus Kanes, Mandai Ryu and Punch Tamananga. This one I don't believe we need to spend more than 20 seconds on. Uh, the Jimmy Conda, Mr. QQ, uh, Super Shiash, that they won. So They did win. Uh, it's your standard Dragon Gate short opener. Not offensive. <laughs> Usual match. Super Sheese is always involved in this. And uh, yeah, let's move on. Yeah, exactly. Punch Tamanaga, uh, again, continues his his massive losing streak. And that guy has had not had a good year. Mm-hmm. We uh, we posted an article uh, before Dead or Alive showing the stats of, um, you know, what had kind of gone on that year and, and the win-loss records. And, and it's not going very well for the Punch Man. But uh, next match here, we had uh, Yusuke Santa Maria and El Lindeman. Uh, they defeated uh, Kenichi Arai and Hollywood Stalker Ishikawa in six seconds. The old uh, <laughs> match starts and uh, Hollywood Stalker immediately uh, taps out. But uh, they did a they do a rematch like they always do. Uh, this one was pretty interesting though because Arai was more than willing to call it a night. And this is from iHeartDG doing the translations, which is I think great. Uh, here's the exact translation from iHeartDG.com. Uh, Arai was more than willing to call it a night after the quick submission loss. Uh, Ishikawa reasoned with him, saying that this was his first time on a big show and his first time on a Dragon Gate show in Nagoya in Nagoya in a long time was he really going to pack up and go home so they said okay whatever and then they went back again and then they lost again so Yusuke Santa Maria and a Linda man defeated Arai and uh, stalker Ishikawa as well but uh, that was kind of interesting that Arai said you know what nah I'm good like we're probably not going to win this anyway so let's just call it a night but uh yeah that's that's kind of all you need to say about this there was not much there and uh Santa Maria won by uh teabagging uh Hollywood Stalker so <laughs> I guess there was more you had to say <laughs> a very a very important uh uh vehicle in this is yeah that uh yeah that was Something to be uh, something to behold for that match. But uh, next match we had here was interestingly enough the Open the Dream Gate, which uh, for followers of Dragon Gate, early followers, that is the big title. That's your your main event title. Was the third match on this card? Open the Dream Gate uh, champion BB Hulk defeating Cyber Kong. But this one only eight minutes. What were your thoughts when this was over? I was the show structurally was very different. They had all the title matches and usually the inverse order they present them in with the mm-hmm. the big one going on last. I don't know if they figured with the the big cage match that was the hook. It's kind of the Royal Rumble idea that. Well, the Royal Rumble's the hook of the show. You can have any kind of title match you want. So they threw Cyber Kong in there, and they had to go short, probably for the best. I was surprised it was over as quick as it was, because it's yeah. minutes is very short. Uh, I thought it was okay. Nothing, not memorable. I don't. I think I'm a bit more of a Cyber Kong booster than most. I don't. People act like he's this completely atrocious wrestler. I don't. He's certainly on the lower spectrum of Dragon Gate wrestlers. I don't think he's nearly that bad. But 
this was fine and unmemorable, and that's about it. Yeah, and that, that's kind of in a lot of ways to find the BB Hulk reign, and and you know they gave it a good try, and I think BB Hulk's still a good competitor, but man, this title reign is just and and this this I thought was especially true in this match where where I'm with you, I don't think Cyber Kong's all that bad, but there was just no juice here and just nothing like, and people knew that Cyber Kong had no chance of winning this, and they didn't even do that many near falls, and yeah, yeah. just to have it be over in eight minutes, it's just the whole thing was kind of odd and and, and weird. So yeah, I was a little little disappointed here, but. Uh, we kind of knew it wasn't going to be great. But uh, move on now to the Open the Twin Gate Championships. This is uh, uh, Yoshino and Sachioka Boy defending their titles against uh, Mochizuki and Big R Shimizu. Oh, this is pretty good, though. I I was kind of – it only it lasted a little under 10 minutes. This is another one that I kind of – when it was over, I went, oh, no, this cage match is going like two hours. <laughs> I thought for sure this is going to get like you know 20 minutes because that first one only got eight. And then it was over in a little over 10. And I was kind of like, oh, yeah, it, it really seemed like it just kind of got started when it was over. So that was a little disappointing. Uh, yeah, in the sense that Yoshino and uh, Shachioko Boy had that just super tag match, the best tag match of the year, a couple weeks earlier. You you would hope for something, if not the same quality, at least the same length, a chance to do something good. But Dragon Gate works that way, where, you know, in somewhere like New Japan, people tend to be slotted where they are. Like Manabu Nakanishi, he's just going to be in those, you know, random, you know, eight, six-man openers. But everyone gets a chance to shine in Dragon Gate every now and then, and it was not the... Uh, tag champs time to shine so they just had a quick match it was fine nothing wrong with it really um just uh they won and that was that yeah uh move on now to the open the triangle gates this was a three-way match uh for the triangle gate championship uh jimmy susumu and uh genki horiguchi uh jimmy catch uh jimmy catch tora versus uh flamita uh ut kotaku naroki doi don fuji gamma there was a lot of guys in here uh basically all you need to know uh doi eliminated ut and then susumu eliminated doi uh for the eventual win here um thoughts on this match i was a little disappointed even though i i came in with pretty high hopes of this one but it didn't quite uh didn't quite get going once they got i mean they did some the usual silly spots with the long stretchy thing that they go up the aisle with and the don fuji everyone chops them including his own teammates (laughs) i think once they got past that into the closing stretch i thought this was great i mean it was just if you like bonkers just exactly crazy action that's what this was and it got a little storyline heavy at the end with the Fuji and Gamma turning on Naruki Doi. I could see people getting a bit lost, but the action at the end I thought was great. So didn't mind this. And this one went uh, almost 23 minutes. So this this is where they started getting some length in their matches. Exactly. Yeah, and, and you mentioned the storyline vehicles at the end. I think that's the real point of this entire match is at the end, uh, Gamma intentionally hit Doi uh, with the Singapore cane, and that led to the loss. Uh, then the Mad Blank zombies and Doi argued afterwards, and then Doi left on his own. So you kind of got the, the tease here, and that a little bit more would be refined in kind of the main event when we get there uh, as far as Doi. And, and as I mentioned, this Dead or Alive is a big... The, the big point of it is really to kind of give storyline vehicles for the rest of the year of Dragon Gate, less so of the, the big sort of event that, that people kind of assume it to be. It, it, in a lot of ways, it's not the closing event. It's sort of the opener is the way I, I, I feel like to think of it. But anyway, uh, move on to the Open the Brave Gate Championship. And this was, as you mentioned, kind of the inverse of the uh, titles is, you know, the Brave Gate is, is what you would consider kind of the lower card work rate type. And this was this was in the featured. This was right before the, the big steel cage match. And this one got oh, almost 23 minutes, a little over 22. Uh, Kira Tozawa, the champion, defending against Dragon Kid. I love this match. I don't know what your thoughts were. When it was over, I said, man, that was something special. And 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 it really, to me, you know, it exemplifies. It's so I, 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 I'm on. I, that guy's awesome. He's so, so good. But I thought the biggest point of this was is that and, and you get this. And this is you mentioned it a little bit earlier with Dragon Gate where 
guys aren't really slotted where they are. It, it, they're, they're there for a little bit, but whenever they say, okay, it's your turn, and you have a big match, and you those guys just deliver so much. When they say, okay, now it's your turn, you know, we talk about Sachi Okaboy, who forever was doing nothing, gets put in that big spot, has great matches. Here was Dragon Kid again, a guy who more times than not does absolutely nothing. They say, okay, you're in this big match, it's featured on this card, and he goes and he absolutely kills it. I thought he was every bit as good as Tozawa in this match. And I, I thought this was spectacular. I thought this was really, really good. And definitely, right now, the early favorite for my match of the month. Yeah, I don't know whether it's a matter of they saw what New Japan's doing with their Intercontinental title. They, they figured they'd try something as well, giving their lower belt a bigger shot, or they have things planned with Tozawa giving him a big spotlight match. But, I mean, Dragon, I mean, Dragon Kid wrestled on Nitro, and he's still holding up. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like, yeah, we call him Dragon Kid, but he's really yeah, Dragon he's thir- Adult he's at this point. <laughs> You're right. Like, I looked it up. He's 39. He's been wrestling for 18 years. He's held up amazingly well. Maybe he's not the greatest wrestler. Maybe he's slowed down a little bit. But, I mean, it, I was just like, can we <laughs> – should we look into this guy? Should he, you know, like <laughs> – is he like a – it's a Dragon Gate thing in general because you look yeah. at a guy like Mochizuki who's, what, 38 or whatever, and we talk, yeah, uh, you know. He's in his 40s. Or no, he's in his 40s. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's 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 kind of funny that these guys, I mean, they're all like chain smokers too, which is also oh, yeah. makes it even more fun. Like, but I think, and, and Joe and I have talked about this before as well, is it, it's it's really interesting because a lot of people assume, oh, dives and high spots and that sort of stuff. Oh, you're killing your body. But these guys never land on the ground because there's always just a pile of nerds like willing to, you know, every time they fall, they just fall into six guys or they fall into 10 dudes or whatever. And they work, I mean, they work such a high, quick pace style, but these dudes last forever. I mean, we, we're going to talk about the, you know, guys in the main event that have been working since, you know, the mid-90s that are still okay and, and you know, just now showing signs. But yeah, Dragon Kid is particularly weird because, like you said, I mean, this is Nitro. I mean, the guy was on Nitro. Yeah, and like people from Nitro have held up? Like, <laughs> right, like where he gets in this big event and it's like, you would think, I mean, from the name Dragon Kid, and I had people telling me, you know, how old is Dragon Kid? He's a nice young prospect. I went, no, 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 he's, he's not a prospect at all. Like, don't let the name fool you. He's not a kid at all. But you wouldn't know that after this match. No. You'd think, oh, man, I can't wait for this guy to get his open the Brave Gate run. And it's, it's I mean, it's not yeah, going to happen. Like but three of them are. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. Like, you kind of get that idea. And that's that's what's so cool about Dragon Gate sometimes. And I thought this was just a spectacular yeah, I match. I think him and Kaz Hayashi held out the best from the Nitro era. Oh, God. Oh, that is a good. Yeah, that's a good article that who's <laughs> going mm. through all the Nitros and figuring out who uh, who's held up uh, pretty good. A guy who did not hold up all that well, even though he's he's doing OK as Shima. And he was was he Shima on Nitro? Or did they give him a terrible name? No, I think he was Shima. Shima no that's what I thought. He just wore his, his really ridiculous glasses. That's right. But that's uh, so this is the mask versus hair steel cage survival double risk six way match. And uh, please, I don't want to go through it again. We, we, <laughs> we mentioned it on last week's show. Please uh, use Mr. Gagney's uh, uh, timestamps to go back and listen to the rules of this match because I don't even need to explain it again. But uh, yeah, it, there was a lot of stuff going on here. There's guys that represent guys. If you don't know this, go to iHeartDG.com. Uh, they do a great job kind of breaking this down. Um, do we do we necessarily need to break down everybody who got eliminated and who they freed and all that sort of stuff? No, the, Joel, let you be the answer. No, that. The, I mean, I'm guessing you're to go with a no. Yeah, yes. the, the, yeah, you can go. This thing is about 40 minutes long. It's just a monster of a match, and as I mentioned, it's just squirt guns and and just describing how guys escape and how guys win and how guys lose and all. It's it, it just it's it's watch the match if you're really curious or read you know the iHeartDG uh, recap. But anyway, the, the main point here is the loser was Shima, who uh, just a few weeks prior had lost his teeth. 
So he came in here with a broken nose, broken teeth, and then at the end of this, lost his hair. So he, uh, he had quite the fun look <laughs> when this was over. And there was a, a great moment in the post-match where he kind of looks at the, the, the Tron and sees what he looks like. And, and <laughs> at first he's kind of shocked, and then he sort of embraces it and goes, hey, you know what? Fuck it. I'm still Shima. You know, I'm still the, the, the legend of Dragon Gate or whatever. So it was kind of cool in that respect. But yeah, a lot of stuff happened post-match. And I think that's the real you know big talking points of this is um, you know Don Fuji, who's uh, Tatsuki, uh, finally completed his uh, reformation and saved uh, Ryo uh, Saito. On his moment of need, he hit Yamato in the face with an eraser, allowing Saito to escape. So there's a lot of weird stuff here. But as I said, this is really going to – you get new factions here. You get all this new stuff that sort of happens after, you know, this dead or alive cage match. So, um, you know, Mad Blank invaded the ring. Uh, they removed the ropes to prevent uh, T-Hawk and Shima from escaping. Uh, Doi taped Shima's wrist to the cage, preventing him from retrieving a flag. And then Yamato used the opportunity to escape. Uh, and that left Shima and T-Hawk as the final two. So uh, Shima, again, he was a guy who was sort of brainwashed after the doy darts thing. That's kind of done. And there's just so much stuff. It's, it's really hard to get a handle on, you know, what happens with the factions. But you kind of have a decent idea here. Um, I think the biggest story, though, and I'm curious on your thoughts after this as well, is at the end, you know, Shima's getting his hair cut for everybody. Uh, Ryo Saito uh, abstained from doing it. He said he didn't want to cut his hair. Uh, doy was glad to kind of fill in. Uh, so that's the end of the, you know, the doy darts, as I, uh, doy darts, as I mentioned. But the biggest thing here, I think, and, and the big point I wanted to get to was uh, T-Hawk. You know, T-Hawk shaved his head and then immediately kind of thought about it. And, and T-Hawk's been, you know, the big cocky heel of the millennials and, and just a guy who's been a total asshole to, to a lot of the older guys and, and kind of a stuck up prick about it. But he's a guy who's just a, to- a, a great prospect, a really, really good prospect uh, in Dragon Gate. And they, they sense that immediately because at the end of this. Uh, he basically, you know, helped out Shima, sided with him, said, you know, you've always been my inspiration and you've always been, you know, the reason why I got into wrestling in a lot of ways. And and now T-Hawk's kind of a, positioned as a babyface. And, and, you know, Shima kind of challenges him at the end and says, hey, do you just want to be the seventh guy on the card or do you want to be the top guy? And, and T-Hawk says, I want to be the top guy. So uh, that's kind of the story. I don't know if, Joe, if you got that. Um, I think that's kind of what you're looking at, you know, going forward this next year of Dragon Gate is, is the ascension of T-Hawk to that top level that we all kind of knew he was going to get to. But uh, it seems like it's happened, you know, sooner rather than later. Yeah, like, I mean, this is the job they've done pushing new talent. If you look at what they're going to do with T-Hawk, if you look at Big R Shimizu, with a good, great job they've done with him, they've put guys in different stables and new gimmicks and whatnot. And they're always, I mean, Dragon Gate's interesting because, I mean, there are guys who have been there forever. And there are a lot of guys who have come and gone, and like they do a good job mixing in new talent with the guys who have been there forever. And is this is this a new stable they're talking about at the end, or just kind of a storyline? Right now, I think it's a storyline, but I'm, I'm guessing knowing Dragon Gate that this is going to turn into some sort of stable. I, I don't know who else is there, but yeah, you have Shima and 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 because yeah, they didn't really break up the Millennials mm-hmm. yet, so I don't know if it's just sort of a thing where they're going to kind of. Tiok's going to do his own thing with inspiration from Shima, or if it's like kind of a blended millennials with Shima in it. I'd like, I, I have no idea. But yeah, as far as I know, um, and that's, I have not seen the King of Gates uh, shows yet, so I don't know if there was a little mm. bit more clarity in there. So I'm sure someone's going to yell at me for not knowing that. Uh, but yeah, as far as I know, it's just sort of a, a relationship right now and not a faction. But that could obviously change uh, <laughs> on a diamond. And I, I would, I would be very interested to see it be sort of a faction with i don't know if some of the millennials come with t-hawk or if t-hawk completely turns on them but there's some fun stuff there for sure indeed and uh back to the cage match it should be noted that not only were super soaker used at one point masato yoshino was hitting baseballs into the ring to uh <laughs> right that was the best that was so good which you would think would be naruki doi who actually had a baseball gimmick when he debuted but i guess uh i guess yoshino has a legit baseball background too which put to good use 
<laughs> he was he was hitting them all. He was. Pretty good, uh, pretty, pretty good power too. Yeah, and it sounds ridiculous that we said Super Soakers, and but it, it happened, and it, it sort of it all works in the context of this Dragon Gate match, which makes it even more ridiculous. Is that you know in any other event or or, or maybe a promotion, we'd just be talking about how stupid this is or whatever. But in Dragon Gate, it works. It makes sense that these guys come out with backpacks full of little goodies and, and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, that that main event is. Uh, did you even give it a rating, or what were your thoughts? I I just. You're you're a veteran, so you know you just kind of go into it and just sort of don't think of it as a match, oh, right? Team veteran, yeah, um, yeah. It's just, <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot of actual wrestling going on. It's just all one big angle, which I always enjoy. This match, I think they may have overcomplicated it a bit this year with all the, <laughs> the extras, which didn't pay off at all because it was just Shima in the end who got his head shaved. Right. I don't know what the point really was, but um, yeah, no. It's I mean, it's just. I just want to know what happens next, which is, I guess, kind of the point of any good wrestling match. But there's very little wrestling to be seen. Just super soakers and and big sticks and <laughs> stuff, yeah. <laughs> Kendo sticks. Uh, what else do we have? We have yeah, the baseballs, as you mentioned, super soakers. Um, the ropes being completely That's taken right, yeah. out at one point and then removed and then put back in. Uh, no explosions, I don't think. Were there any? Not that I remember. Uh, yeah, not to flags being picked up and waved and all that sort of stuff. But yeah, that's 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 a Dragon Gate uh, Dead or Alive. And as I said, me and Joe Lanz will talk a little bit more about that. And I'm still trying to catch up with the King of Gate and all the stuff that's going on with Dragon Gate right now. So I apologize if I'm a little bit behind and, and some of the stuff has been clarified that we didn't know. But uh, yeah, that was our Dragon Gate portion. Um, Joe, anything else you wanted to talk about here before we get out? I know um, we, we're going to take some questions. I don't know if we're going to have time for that. Uh, but I did want to talk a little bit about, and I, I don't know what's your thoughts on, Talk a little bit about wrestling video games because you're the man. I mean, you're you're the guy who does the the the, the great YouTube channel. You know, Joe's Funtime Arcade, which is Joe Gagne's Funtime Arcade, which is just a great, great, great channel. And people who haven't seen those, if you're a fan of video games, if you're a fan of wrestling, if you're a fan of wrestling video games, I mean, no brainer, absolutely to do that. But I've been a big fan of wrestling games forever, and and I don't know if you've ever really kind of sat on the show or, or at least told people how did you? What was your first kind of introduction to wrestling video games was it something that at a really early age was it something that you know later in life you kind of picked up or was it just something you've always done oh this played was, wrestling um, games this goes back to my old nintendo entertainment system and i was such a big fan of wrestling i saw a game called pro wrestling i'm like heck yeah which was one of the earliest uh i think it was the earliest wrestling game on the nes and one of the only two good ones on the system yeah, there's isn't there one before that? I, I you would probably know. I, I feel like there isn't there one, or is it that no? Because tag team wrestling came after. Tag team wrestling was a bit. Yeah, uh, pro wrestling was one of the black box games. Just the original. Mm-hmm. Okay. All oh, right. Okay. All right. You know, generic titles like tennis and uh, volleyball and whatnot. So I yeah, I'm going to say that was the uh, the first tag team wrestling came a little later, and um, yeah, I was like, my theory has always been that like you know if you're a kid and you're a fan of baseball you can go play baseball in Little League or T-ball or what have you. You can experience that on some level. You really can't do that with pro wrestling unless you, you know, fool around in the backyard and probably get yelled at by your mom. <laughs> Break your friend's yeah. back or something. <laughs> Try to, you know, put a sharpshooter on or something. But if you, I mean, <laughs> wrestling video games are pretty much your equivalent to experience it in some form. So that's why I think wrestling fans have always gravitated so heavily towards the, the genre of games. Yeah, and, and, and I'm kind of curious as well because I've sort of, 
reached a point in my life, and and I was the same as you. I think the first game I played was WF Raw. They um, played it, in, I think '95. Uh, I, I know it came. I think it came out in '94, but that was a big time. I was really starting to get into wrestling to an extent, and I played the WF Raw for for Genesis and really loved it. And then went back and you know played Royal Rumble, and then from there kind of went back and played all the old Genesis ones, you know, Super WrestleMania, that sort of stuff. And then you know the best decision of my life is I I, I bought an N64 after I bought a Genesis, and I discovered a little games, you know, you know Revenge World Tour. You know, those those are made. I mean, everybody knows about those. WrestleMania 2000, No Mercy, all those great games. Unfortunately, I, uh, my parents thought I wanted uh, <laughs> WrestleMania 2000 one year. Or they, they, I, I said I wanted WrestleMania 2000. My dad just said, oh, wrestling video game. And he got me uh, uh, Attitude. <laughs> oh, no. I was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, God. I'd rather get Not the same. But like, because he was like, yeah, it's like the wrestler. It's like Stone Cold on there. And I'm like, yeah, yeah okay. <laughs> like, it's fine. And then he made it up, uh, I think, for my birthday, which is in February. He, he bought me uh, WrestleMania 2000 and the strategy guy. Hey, oh, wow. I mean, that, okay. You we never talked set. about we never talked about attitude ever mm. again because, God, I hated that game. But um, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting because I've hit a, a point and and I still play a decent amount of video games. I don't play you know nearly as much as I used to. But for wrestling games, I try to play the the, the new games, and I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's an age gap. I don't know if it's the way I am, but I just can't get into them whatsoever. And I don't, I. I was kind of curious on you because you've been playing them forever and you obviously do the videos do you play the current ones or do you kind of just abstain from them i i had the last i didn't get the last year's um iteration because i'm still on the uh prior xbox uh, the 360 i don't have the the current one and when you have a house and a mortgage a new video game system's a little <laughs> a little low on the <laughs> list to, of uh priority yeah it's a tough sell to the misses um i think it's hard because there's only you know, the WWE is really the only game in town. The rosters don't change a ton from year to year, and they're so far behind in, like, you know, when they make final determinations. It's almost impossible to get a current, you know, any kind of current roster. You know, they haven't introduced new matches in a long time. Like, what's the big difference year after year? Like, you know, they'll tinker with storylines and whatnot, but there's no right. big difference in between. Like, how many times can I, you know, give a guy an RKO as Randy Orton or, you know, being in a TLC match, which we've been doing for like 15 years, it seems like. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, it's the same engine of of those yeah. early Smackdowns, and it's it's yeah. I've always kind of wrestled with that as if it's is it is it me or is it the game or is it just me getting older? But I'm thinking at the same time, no, I'm still watching wrestling. <laughs> like, not much has changed about me since I was like 13. Mm-hmm. Like, I still do a lot of the same stuff, but it's just the wrestling games, and 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 I don't know what it is. I mean, we'll play them, and and my buddies and I will we'll try, and we'll. The first day or the first, you know, few hours, we're like, oh, this is really cool. And then the boredom factor just sets in right away. And it's it's weird because I'm not like that with other games. And I wasn't like that with other wrestling games. I mean, all I did for, for I mean, those were the games I played so much through Genesis, through, you know, went back and got a PlayStation, PlayStation 2. Pretty much up until, you, you know, the, the late PlayStation 2 era, I played the hell out of every every, every year. I would get a new one and, and just Play the hell out of it, whether it was WCW game, WF game, switch between the two didn't matter. But now, you know, two hours into the current ones and I'm, I'm bored of it already. And I don't know if that's that's me or if it's the games or I don't know what it is, but it's it's, it's very weird. And so I'm glad to hear you're kind of in the same boat, but I, I, I suspect it might be an issue. But, you know, we're pretty different age wise. So I, I don't know. I it's I, I don't I don't I just I can't get a handle on it. I don't know. It's, it's one of the I mean, the loss of WCW was a major blow to wrestling, but one of the unsung factors is the effect on wrestling video games where you know yeah. there's no competitor to try new things or have you know try to push the envelope because i mean thq can just put out a game and people are going to buy it because that's the only wrestling game in town so there's no one really pushing the industry forward which and there's been nothing from japan which is probably the most infuriating 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I, I want to talk a little bit about that is that, yeah, we talk about, you know, and, and I'm, you know, I'm relatively new, you know, into, you know, getting into Japanese wrestling and all that sort of stuff. And, and to go back and now I've played a lot of the old fire pro games, the Japanese fire pros, you know, the virtual pro wrestlings and all that. And now that I finally have like all the resources and the know without, you know, I know what to do. I know how to download these games. I know how to translate stuff. I know all this. And now there's no freaking games for me to play. And they, you know, they announced a mobile game, mm. New Japan. And it's like, ugh, I don't want to do a mobile game. Like, you know, that's going to be garbage. Like, there's no way that's okay. And it's just, it's, it's, it's disappointing, yeah, because we haven't gotten that. Um, one thing I want to talk about real quick before we kind of get out of here, um, two things real quick. Wrestling Sims, did you ever play any of those, like the text-based Sims, you know, Extreme Warfare Revenge or Promotion Wars or, or you know, the total extreme wrestling that we have now? Did you ever do any of those or not really? Were you always kind of a, a visual uh, wrestling gamer? No, I was always one of the visual participating in the match, and I was... I would fool around with them now and again, and every big star sign would quit after like two weeks because they hate them. Like, <laughs> going oh to God. rehab. Like, yeah, yeah. I was like, what's happening? Chris <laughs> Jericho, I put a belt on you. What's your problem? But um, no, I was always more the actual in-ring than the, uh, than the booking. Yeah, and then one thing I wanted to kind of close on, and I don't know if you've mentioned it you know, in your podcast or if you mentioned other places, but what is, what is the one sort of your – and I'm gonna, I'm gonna disallow, I'm disallowing any of the Aki, uh, the AKI, the, any, none of those. You cannot choose Revenge World Tour, No Mercy, or I'll let you choose the Japanese ones if you want. But uh, favorite wrestling game, not of those, because that's too easy for people to say, ah, you know, Revenge or ah, you know, No Mercy. I'm not gonna allow it. You're done, even if it is one of those. What is your favorite out of that universe of, of the THQ Aki game? Uh, if I can say Virtual Pro Wrestling Two, I will, because that's okay. Because I remember I was so in love with those games, and I found out like. Oh, there's a Japanese version. Hmm, I'm going to get in on this because it was that waiting period before No Mercy came out. I'm like, well, this will certainly help kill some time. And I got uh, and the cartridges were shaped a bit differently. So you either had to take a hacksaw to your cart or buy a. Yeah, I was going to say, what did you I do? Did you buy it? I'm not going to take a, a knife to my very expensive. <laughs> right. I, always saw, I always saw videos of people doing that. Even to this day, I don't like, I want those games, but then I look at how people do it and I'm like, I don't know if I want them that bad. Yeah, like, I still got my converter there and you got a guide and I, you know, it's everything you love about those games. They made it a little different. It had the old Japan license. So you had kind of that, you know, the announcer would announce the old Japan guys. This was at the, not the peak of the company, but they still had all the big stars and there were just a ton of hidden guys and there was an MMA mode. That was a lot of fun. And yeah, that was kind of the, uh, yeah, that was, I mean, just the atmosphere of that when you like you can be in Budokan Hall or a baseball stadium or yeah just unparalleled fun love that game and to get outside that I think Smackdown here comes the pain it was the yeah by far the best game that series ever produced which was <laughs> over a decade ago which is kind of sad but because <laughs> yeah, I remember basically the same game yeah I remember buying the next two years and I'm like this is considerably worse like how is that possible how do you get worse at this instead of better. Yeah, here comes the pain. It was very weird because it kind of came in. It, it was lumped in between two kind of disappointing ones, yeah. which is so weird because the one prior, you know, was was okay but not quite there. Then here comes the pain comes in, and that's you're like, oh, here 